We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. This week, I am solo. It's just Kel Dansby because Andreas Hale is in Hawaii doing luau's and going on cruises for the day and probably like wakeboarding and whatever else you do on the big island. I, I don't know. He's swimming with the fish and not like a Goodfellas type of way. Um, <laughs> whatever he's enjoying out there. So big ups to him. He took the worst week off in the world, though. It seems like everything in combat sports, especially MMA, has just gone crazy. So let's jump right into that. Uh, You just have to listen to me talk. And I have actually an extra surprise a little bit later. I'm going to be bringing in members of my family, just rotating them in to talk about boxing, uh, pop culture, wrestling, everything. And it's going to be fun. You tell me if you think my family is crazy, because I think we are. And you kind of see where I get it from. So that's going to be later on in the show. But first, I have to talk about all of the big news in combat sports. And it'd be wrong if I didn't start this podcast off by saying, rest in peace to Muhammad Ali, the greatest ever, uh, for so many reasons. Inside of the boxing ring, outside of it, his activism, what he meant to the culture and the culture that we have today. I wouldn't be doing my job today if it wasn't for him and the stuff that he implemented so many years ago and he was just a living representation of that and to have him no longer here with us even though you know everything set in his health deteriorated but just seeing him was always a beacon of hope and him not being here anymore really uh leaves a void in combat sports and beyond really in the world so um 
that's my little speech about the greatest. Andreas, if you guys don't know, Andreas is heavily influenced by Muhammad Ali. He wrote a great piece about it uh, earlier in the week. Make sure you guys go check that out. I think everyone, in some way or another, owes something to Muhammad Ali, whether it's having the confidence to speak your mind, regardless of what others think. Um, you know, we have the goddamn Mikel hashtag here on the show, and it's funny and all that stuff. But that's really just a representation of me speaking my mind. And it's stuff that I actually believe, and I'm not scared to say it. And that's something I can attribute to people like Muhammad Ali, who did it way before me, who did it way better than I can ever imagine doing it. But their confidence to do so and just being themselves and, and seeing how much of a star that created, just being what, who you are and bringing that to the masses and seeing what that can generate it is a huge influence on me. So that's something I'll always take and carry on forward. Also, I got to say rest in peace to Kimbo Slice. Uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast, uh, he might have passed away a couple days ago, or for me, it was just today. So it's sad to hear that Kimbo's really passed away. We talked about him a few times on this, and you know he did have a horrible fight. We'll just put it out there. He had a horrible fight his last fight. Him versus Dada 5000 wasn't a great MMA fight. It should have never been sanctioned. It shouldn't have happened. But looking back on it, both men weren't fit to compete. Uh, we really got to take you know, time out to really put an eye on Bellator and the sport and the commission in Texas that regulated that fight. Because now we see that Kimbo's heart wasn't fit to compete. They had scheduled him for another fight. He's been training for that. And for a guy, all reports that have come out said that he suffered from heart failure. And it, it just, he didn't even know it. And his, he needed a heart transplant to even continue to live when he went into the hospital a few days ago. And he didn't know this at all. Like, I'm sure these guys have to pass tests before the fight, after the fight. This is something that goes on in mixed martial arts all the time. And to think that, you know, he just miraculously developed uh, cardiac arrest and, and heart failure in four months is ludicrous. Like, there had to be some signs during these tests. And I understand that Kimbo was the biggest draw in Bellator. There's no debating that. He did stuff that no one else has done. He's put up the biggest numbers. And... His fight got the biggest rating that night, him versus Dada 5000. But you don't let a guy risk his health and go out there and compete just for some dollars. We saw what happened to Dada 5000 for cutting all the weight so fast. You know, he spent several weeks after the fight in the hospital. I believe it was up to six weeks trying to recover. His kidneys failed inside of the cage. He was taken away by ambulance. They had to resuscitate him twice. And then we see Kimbo had uh, some health effects going into that fight or developed them after that fight. So it really puts a, a lens on what the MMA community and world will let happen for some dollars. So that's something we have to look at going forward. And me being a journalist and having a podcast and having a voice is something I feel I have to put a lens on. Because we shouldn't have people dying at 42 years old. It's just not, not supposed to happen. Especially people who are peak athletes. This guy is a professional athlete. Uh, just a year or two ago, you know, fighting regularly, looking healthy, and he didn't look right in that fight against Dada 5000. Neither did Dada 5000. So it should have raised some red flags. They should have got extra testing. Uh, Kimbo gassed in one round. He, he trains too hard and trains too often to gas in one round. The warning signs were there. Um, not saying that we should have saw him passing away, but we, we saw that he wasn't completely healthy. And as a promotion, Bellator should have cared enough to get him help. So it, it's sad to see him pass. You know, a, a legend, 
not only in MMA, because even though his record doesn't dictate it, he's a legend in mixed martial arts because how much of a draw he was. But he was a legend on YouTube. And for someone growing up in the early 2000s like me, who used to rush home to watch his new videos, knocking people out in the backyards down in Florida, that's something I'd never seen before. In Miami, you know, before World Star, before, um, you know, these blogs were picking up and all that stuff, he created something. You had to see Kimbo Slice in the backyards just knocking out hey, knock postmen, uh, bouncers. He'll knock out your mama if it meant a, a nice little couple hundred dollars. He did not care. He was fighting in the backyard, and he was captivating. He didn't even have to talk that much. It, we went there to see him fight. It, it was competition in its barest form, in its rawest form, and we loved it. And those videos will live on on YouTube for, forever. He was one of the pioneers of that platform, a platform that really is uh, essential to media today, to um, activities. You can't, you know, you can't put something up on television without them clipping it and put it on YouTube 10 minutes after. YouTube is one of the ways that we learn now. It's so embedded in the culture, and Kimbo was ahead of the curve. And thankfully, he made a nice little money, amount of money for him, his family, uh, hopefully they're taken care of moving forward. I know his son now is in MMA. He's won his first two fights. That kid has a ton of punching power. Uh, I would love to see him go forth and you know take his family name and mix martial arts to the next level. Because uh, his father was a fighter. It was a brawler. He was that first and foremost. His son now has the ability to take those skills and take the proper training and transform that. And we can really see the next evolution of fighting. Uh, through his son so hopefully his memory lives on there and, and goes forward it's sad to see two people die especially this close to each other it's it's just blindsided by the both of them they both popped up like one day you hear they're sick the next day they're gone and it, it's sad it's definitely sad to hear um what else happened in mma so andres has been gone since last friday and i went to la earlier this weekend i left on friday and stayed through the weekend, but I went to cover UFC 199 in the Staples Center. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't in Staples, it was in the Forum. It was the first time the UFC went to the Forum. Uh, dope venue. I actually liked it for fighting better than Staples. The crowd was in it. It felt like an NXT wrestling indie crowd. There was chants. Everyone was going crazy. A uh, huge Mexican crowd was out. They were loving it. They were su supporting their Cali boys. Uriah Faber uh, had a huge pop when he came out. Luke Rockhold had a huge pop when he came out. So it was dope to see the crowd and who they were behind. Your uh, Uriah Faber versus Dominic Cruz. It was a decent fight. It went how we thought it would. Dominic Cruz dominated. Michael Bisping with the huge upset of Luke Rockhold. Incredible. No one saw that coming. Everyone thought Rockhold was stopping within the first three minutes. Bisping earns the first round KO. Uh, pulled it out of nowhere. Rockhold just too lackadaisical. Came in trying stuff he wasn't prepared to do. He, he took his opponent lightly. And this is what happens when you take those last-second fights. I know Andreas hates when fighters just rush into these last-second fights. He doesn't feel as beneficial, beneficial to them. But Michael Bisping said, look, this guy isn't preparing for me. I feel that I'm at my peak right now as a fighter. I don't want to overtrain. I don't want to give him time to prepare. I want to go in there and just say, mano y mano, man on man, no preparation, no nothing. Let's see who's better. And Bisping proved that on that night, he was a better fighter. He took advantage of it. People say he doesn't have punching power. It doesn't take a lot of power when you have perfect placement and timing. 
shout out to Conor McGregor, who always says that. So, it, it, Bisping, would, you know, he proved that. And he walked away with the belt. Now, the trash talk and everything afterwards was amazing. At the post-fight press conference, the two almost fought again. Rockhold pushed Bisping a little bit. Uh, the, like I asked one of my questions in a post-fight, and they went on for two minutes, three minutes, just dissing each other. So, this is the last time we're going to see him fight. We're going to get the trilogy fight. Hopefully, it's for the title. Uh, depending on who Bisping fights next. It was a great moment for Bisping. To me, it's like Zack Ryder at WrestleMania. No one expected him to win the IC title. You know, we got the woo-woo-woo on top of the ladder. It was great. It was amazing. But you don't expect him to keep winning. The question is, is just who's going to be the Miz in this situation and take the belt off of him the next fight? Because Bisping is still who Bisping is. And he had one great fight. I, I don't believe he's turned a corner. I don't think he's um, necessarily kind of like an RDA where we see it like the light clicks and he's unbeatable almost. He's not a Robbie Lawler where the same thing happened. I think he was on the right night, the right time. So we'll see who he fights next. If it's Chris Weidman, I'm picking Chris Weidman to win. If it's Luke Rockhold, I'll pick Luke Rockhold to win. Uh, if it's Jacare, I'll probably pick Jacare. So, uh, but it was a great night for Bisping. This is 10 years, something he fought for for a long time in his career. He was well-deserving of it. He had a couple beers. He was tipsy in the post-fight conference, and it showed. So congrats to him. The card from front to back actually was amazing. The first fight of the night, I wish I could pull it up here. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But that was probably one of the fights of the year. It earned a performance bonus. Definitely set the night off right. Tons of action. We saw Hendo come through against Lombard. No one picked that to happen. Hendo, and it wasn't even with an H-bomb like many people thought. Uh, Hendo was, if you guys didn't watch it, was close to being finished in the first round. Herb Dean pulled a Herb Dean and let the fight go on way too long. Hendo regained his faculties. He held a little bit, got to the end of the round. The bell rung. He went back in his corner, came out, and after that, he got a second win. Lombard is known for fading. He got caught with a head kick and then a devastating back elbow, which we, we didn't even know Hendo had that in his repertoire. So uh, the H-Bow, as it's now called, won him that fight. Lombard was out. And now we see a resurgence of a guy who's 46 years old. And if Hendo fights Bisping next, we've already seen Hendo knock Bisping out once with an H-Bomb. It'd be interesting to see how the next fight would go. Uh, Hendo in a five-round fight scares me. But if he could get him out of there at one or two, it'd be amazing to have a champion who's 47 years old. That's something we have to look forward to you know, going forward because that'd be a, a dope fight as well. But the news... That really overcame all of that, and it ended up being the story of the weekend was Ariel Hawani being banned for life by Dana White during UFC 199. Uh, if you guys don't know the story, I'll recap it real quick. Ariel was in the back with the rest of us media people. We were hanging out in the forum. It's a very small media room. So they had their food. We all sit back there. We don't go out usually for the prelim fights. We only go out for the main card. So during the prelims and the fight pass stuff, we're always talking and just BSing and uh, networking and having fun. It's, it's truly a fraternity back there with the media members. And a lot of us cover all of the events. So we see each other all the time, at least once a month. And so we're talking and everyone's having fun. And Ariel's kind of just, you know, in the corner uh, between these talking sessions, doing what Ariel does. He's on his phone constantly. He's definitely the Adam Scheffner of... Uh, of the UFC. So we look up where all our laptops are going. Everyone has tweet deck. We're seeing our tweets and stuff. And we just see an aerial tweet. It's just like, 
It's official. Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, UFC 202. It's like, wow, man. Like, how'd you scoop everyone? We just saw it. We were just chopping it up. Like, I just saw you talking to this guy. You look down at your phone for two seconds, and your story's out. Bananas. So we're laughing. He's smirking. Like, he hits the Jordan shrug. Like, eh. Like, that's just what he does. It's like, all right, cool. We all sit back down, chopping up again. 30 minutes later, he comes back. We're checking our timelines. Boom. Brock Lesnar returns to the UFC, UFC 200. And we're just like, what? You're lying. You're crazy. And he's like, it's he, the Georgia Shrug again. We're like, man, this guy is great. Uh, I call him a ninja. He's a journalist of ninja. Like, you just, you look up, you look down, you look back up. He has three scoops already. So uh, that news came out. We're all celebration, celebrating him. Good job. You know, great way to report this. Uh, and then we go out. We all go out for the main card, take our seats. And Ariel was called to the back by the Zufa representatives. Uh, Dana White speaks to him personally, says what he did was wrong. And I'm just recapping this, obviously. It's not word for word. Says what he does, what he did was wrong. Uh, no one likes him. Give me a press credentials. He also snatches the press credentials of two of MMAfighting.com's other employees, uh, Casey and Esther, uh, videographer and photographer, respectively. And they all get kicked out. So Ariel tweets about this and not being able to see Bisping win. You know, rumblings in the press conference after. We, you know, journalists don't know if you were going to ask questions, if people were going to walk out, how to really handle it. Still can't believe that it happened. Uh, you know, there's an uproar. Next day, Ariel goes on. He talks about it. And it starts picking up momentum. Starts picking up steam. We all write articles. Shout out to the MMA community as a whole, journalists. Uh, for everyone who says, like, we're just out for self and we don't stand up for each other and we need a union, sure, like, a union would be cool. A union would be dope. Uh, make sure we're all getting the right paying and treat, treated equally and fairly. But right now, it, like I said, it's a fraternity. We're a community and we all stood up. Whether it's saying stuff on Twitter, saying it wasn't right, some of us writing articles. I wrote an article. Uh, people sharing the articles that we do write. And we all had his back. Regardless if you like Ariel, if you don't, um, if you're mad that he outscoops you, if you respect his work, whatever, just because he was one of our own, we had his back. And then Ariel comes out on his podcast on Monday. He gives the detailed rundown of what happened. And later on on Monday, the UFC rescinds his lifetime ban and reissues pre press credentials to him and the two other members of MMA Fighting. So they'll be at UFC 200. And the UFC is kind of just like, oh, we don't like what he did, but no harm, no foul. Everyone got their stuff back. Uh, the damage is done. Like, now everyone's sitting on pins and needles. Like, do we report stuff? Do you not report stuff? Uh, above all, you know, got to have credibility. We're going to do our job. So it's to the point of, okay, I'm going to do my job, but then after I do it, then you're just waiting. It's like, okay, are they going to come snatch me from my seat? Or am I going to get this email? I'm going to get this call. Um... Because at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for you. And the UFC isn't cutting your checks. They're not paying your bills. They're not feeding your family. So if you have a scoop, if you have a great article, if you can put up numbers and you can confirm it with your sources, then get it done. And that's what Ariel did. That's what we'll all do going forward. And so now it's just, you know, our head is on a swivel. And, you know, it came out that Ariel was being paid by Zufa when he was on Fox and all that stuff. And me as a journalist, that's one of the things they tell you never to do. If someone pays you directly, at that point, they own you. So I, I can understand how the UFC felt entitled. Like, yo, how would you break our biggest story of the year? 
Brock Lesnar. We just paid your checks for two years. Like, so they, the only thing they could do at that point, they already got him fired, according to him, from Fox Sports. So the only thing they could do, only thing left was to pull his credential. So I understand, but they felt entitled. They felt as though they owned him because they were cutting his checks. And that's something he put forward. So that that's something he has to live with and going forward, he has to deal with. Um, with that being said, though, was it right? No. I mean, and I don't want everyone else who's banned. Uh, Snowden, uh, who else is banned? Uh, there's, there's just a list of guys online who are great journalists, who are people I talk to all the time on Twitter during events and all this stuff with valuable opinions, who are banned from the UFC. I want them all for the ban to be lifted because that makes us all better. You know, I've gotten better just talking to my peers backstage, and I say that all the time. Like the Ryan McKinnells of the world who's been on our podcast, uh, Marcus Vanderberg who's been on our podcast, who's an amazing editor, just Danny Acosta, everyone, Jordan from Share Dog, everyone that I've met backstage has made me better. And having these contacts and just communications and now friendships with these people have made me a better writer. They've made my work better. They showed me how to be a professional. So that's something that younger writers, especially coming in, need to have. It's such a small community in the UFC. You know, the same people have been covering it forever. I'm one of the newbies who broke in and managed to stick. So, you know, that just having a wealth of that knowledge and, you know, people like Jeremy Botter and Dave Meltzer, people who've been around literally, you know, since the inception of, of this sport and MMA and they know so much. It's important to make sure they remain a key member of the media. And by banning some of those people who've been around from the start, it's just not right. So hopefully we see, we see that turn around and hopefully this Ariel Hawani business shines a bigger light and a broader light on everything else. And hopefully he doesn't change. That's the thing. Right now you can't, you can't compromise. You can't be like, yo, I'm not going to break articles like that anymore. Like that's what you do. That is your job. Make it happen. Keep doing you. And he, he should see now like, yo, that made you so big that they can't ban you. So you better keep doing the same thing. Because that's what made you a, such you know, a polarizing person that people went to bat for you. And if he takes a step back, it's going to make us all take a step back. Because that's what happens when we're at the head of the pack. He's at the head of the pack as far as MMA journalism. If he slows down, we all slow down until someone can pass it. And that time's not now. So he better just keep pushing the boundaries, pushing the dial. And then we'll all try you know, our hardest to catch up with him. And that's the competitive nature in us. And that's why we cover it. But there's always has to be that pace car. There always has to be someone in front. And uh, right now it's on him. You know, in wrestling, once again, because, you know, we relate everything to wrestling on this show. There's always the guy. Like Seth Rollins says, he's that guy. He wants to go out every night and have the best match on the card. He wants to be the face of the company. You need someone like that. Whether it was HBK, whether it was Stone Cold, whether it was The Rock, Cena. There's always been these guys and everyone else strives and gets better chasing them. They want to grab that brass ring. And Ariel has that right now. He better keep pushing it and taking it further until one of us comes and snatches it. And that's how it's going to go. So that's my opinion on what happened. I'm sure me and Andreas will talk about it more next week when uh, we have a show together. But right now it's time to get into my crazy and wacky family. Uh, we're going to talk you know, boxing, pro wrestling, hip-hop, everything like we usually talk. But I'm going to invite members of my family on to be my guests. So first up, Let's bring in my moms. You know, mom, mom got to come first. It's the only way to do it, right? 
Say hi, Ma. Hello, everyone. I love that she puts on her VH1 voice uh, <laughs> to do this. And I have a full face of makeup on, just so y'all know. Like, she's fabulous in here. It's a, it's a mess. I'm telling you, my family's crazy. So this is about to be a crazy episode. Um, we're going to bounce around on the topics that we usually talk about. So my mom is here to join me about the extracurriculars that we talk about. You know, the hip-hop, the crazy TV shows, uh, everything that she really watches in her spare time. And for a little background, my mom now lives in Vietnam. She lived in Macau, China for like a decade, almost. And she is waiting for the Real Housewives to just pop up in Asia so she can apply. Yeah, I would love that. That would be so good. But I don't know. They could, I don't know. I don't know. They couldn't get a cast good enough to match. I'll be like the Nene Leaks, like. You're very modest, mother. Nah, I don't think they could do it, though. They're, they're too docile. You got to be like real ratchet. <laughs> they don't have like ratchet Vietnamese ladies. All right, let's see. Let's. What should we start on? We're in NYC, so it's only right that we talk about the crazy shootings that are happening. With uh, Troy Ave, he had beef with Tax Stone, who has a podcast on loudspeakers. Same network as me. But their beef spilled over. Troy Ave shooting people in the club. Yeah, that's not good. You know more about clubbing in New York than me. You grew up there. You were there all your life. You birthed the greatest man on earth, me there. Yeah, but when... You were we... in the clubs. Like, you were in the we... tunnel. The yeah, Palladium. but when we were in the clubs, they didn't have, like, metal detectors and... We didn't have all of that. Like, people kept their gun in the car. <laughs> so How polite is that? It's, you know, it was gentlemanly. Like, you had a beef, you, just, you take it to the street, go to the car, and then you blaze off in the street. And everybody run inside. Nobody running out the club. People were running inside the club to get away from the shooting in the streets. That's that gentleman, like, gangster way to do it. Shine Poe changed the game. Yeah, you don't. It's the you first don't one, like shooting shoot up the club. yourself in the leg. That's unfortunate. New York has a bad like history of that. Him, Plexigo Burst. That's that's a mess. Who's doing the security? Like, don't uh, makes me never want to go out ever. That's like the it's the worst. It's just the worst. The youngins are wilding out here, Ma. This this how it goes down. Now he's going to jail. Now he's trying to rat and just say everything. There's there's no code to the streets right now. He's no, facing a lot of time. But he was like the victim for the first like five hours. He was one of the victims. He was like got shot in the leg. That next thing you see the the, the video come. You don't know there's video cameras everywhere. You don't know they're gonna find you. And you just Tupac stand. died on the Las Vegas Strip. No one can find a video of that. No, it's out there. They just don't want you to see it. You know they got video. Every video popped up quick on TMZ. Everywhere. It was crazy, anyway. Going to jail seems cool now, Ma. I'm not going to jail. I have no plans on doing so. You better um, not. I ain't got no bail money. <laughs> but, you know, if we need to blow up the podcast, I need some street cred or something. You know, I spent a quick couple nights in the clink. Um, nah, but going to jail seems cool. One of your favorite shows. Everyone is going to jail. Loving oh, hip-hop, Atlanta. Uh, as soon as my mom touched down, first she came and visited me in Vegas. And as soon as she touched down, she hit up my... Cable on demand, loving hip hop Atlanta was first on the docket for her to watch. She spent like thirty hours on a plane. She ain't even care. Came yeah, off, yeah, yeah, watched yeah. the show. Gotta watch the show. 
so there's two scrap. There's little Scrappy and a dude named Scrap, Scrap De Leon. De Leon. With De Leon. the big hair. Oh, the hair. He kind of looks like Keith Thurman. We'll get to Keith Thurman later on in, in this segment with my mother. But he reminds me of Keith Thurman, the boxer. Just flowing manes. It's, yeah, he needs. He has like, like four girlfriends. He needs a, a a little bit of shampoo, conditioner. He needs some like proactive for that forehead. He needs a lot of stuff done. <laughs> I was watching it with you, and he's going away for five years. His yeah. mama's locked up. Well, yeah, she's not locked up on his show yet. But yes, in real life, she's locked up. Right now, today, he's already locked up. They accused them of killing his daddy or something. Like, yo, their family. Yeah, crazy. almost, almost killing. They didn't kill him. They just put him in a trunk and was like driving and got stopped. And then the cops like saved his life and whatever. It's a big old drama, whatever. And the mama was on America's Most Wanted, which is crazy. Because if I was on America's Most Wanted, that's what gets you a reality show nowadays. I guess. Yeah. Where, where was the dog though? Because she always got that dog with her. Oh, I don't. What is with old women and dogs? Not saying that you're old mother. Yes, please don't say that. I'm not saying that. Uh, no. Shout out to no. Bit Bit, my mother's dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give him a little shine on the podcast. Oh. Uh, but you don't travel with him, thankfully. But a lot of women, like the old ladies, love yeah. the dogs. You got to give us this perspective. This is stuff my, our listeners don't really get. The dog is comforting. It it keeps you company. Like, you don't feel alone. You could pet the dog. The dog doesn't say, get away from me. What sounds are you like, bothering me? Like marriage. Stop <laughs> calling me. The dog is unconditional love. That's very, very rare in life. I love my doggy. <laughs> She's now on vacation <laughs> listening to the dog. Look at that. Um, jail does help some people, though. They didn't help nobody on that show. They're a hot-ass mess. I'm sure someone else will go to jail. Stevie J, if he's not careful, because he's going to miss child support payments. Yes, and he has two two new babies, according to this last episode. So I think his his total is is probably like close to 15 or something kids that he's trying to pay for. And I, I, There's not that much love and hip-hop money in the world. I'm going to start a revolution, hashtag free Stevie. I'm going to just get the shirts. I'm going to copyright that now, because uh, it's yes. going to catch up. It, it's coming. Uh, one person at jail did right was... Gucci, Gucci Mane just came out. <laughs> he looks completely different. Like he went in a heavyweight, came out a UFC welterweight. He's like a buck seventy right now. He got an eight pack. Oh, looking like an eighties R and B singer. Sexy. Came out like D'Angelo <laughs> in the video with the crushed linen open. Open. You never just, put buttons on need, no he more. He needed the spinner though. He needed to be like, oh, spinning on his way out. Is Gucci like Mane now a sex symbol? I think so. If he gets fat, he's going to have to do something else and go back in. Because that, that's <laughs> like, that, that is the best weight loss, like, treatment program ever. They need to market that. No more Dr. Miami. No more waist trainers. No more Fit T. <laughs> fit no more fit tea. No, no. You just go in like three to five. Three to five, you come out, new man. Yo, that's that's the key. All that's these it. IG models, they're doing it wrong. Quick wrong. three to five. That's it. You come back out, you probably get a new butt. The the stomach looking right. Yeah, you just go in there and just squat and sit ups and 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 pull ups and you have a brand new body. It's yeah, a- you save a lot of money. Yeah, Dr. Miami charge is crazy. You don't got to pay rent? No. You don't got to pay for food? Meal prep is done. Yep. 
It's done. Portion control, easy. No transportation costs. You chilling. Jail is the wave. Three to five. That's it. Three to five. That's County. the plan. <laughs> Just, we're going to market it. And talking about that and, and the craziness of, you know, the, the whole body trends and all this stuff and Do the we... fit tea, we got to talk about... Black China, which you do not refer to her as Black China anymore. No, her name is Angela. Angela Kardashian. Put some respect on her name. <laughs> she is on the come up. She, Are you kidding me? And with the quickness, too. Wow. It didn't take long. What? This no. is like a good nine month turnaround? I don't even think it was nine months. It was more like nine weeks. I think she put her claws into him and it was like, really? Oh, you, oh, oh you're not smart like that. Oh, okay. You, you the one. Yeah, she like she's like you one of those what? nurse techs where you go to school for like nine months and you come right back out with the quick money. That's it. She went to like nurse tech school. No one's doing that. DeVry's a rap now. Oh she changed God. the game. This is what you do in nine months. Yep. You just find a, a Kardashian cousin. You got to go like... They, they all Armenian rent. website. Oh. It's like the Tinder for Armenians. <laughs> just go and grab you one. Ah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the new wave, yo. Angela Kardashian changed Angela. her life. She has the only male Kardashian, and she's got emojis. I want some emojis. I'm serious. I'm not playing. I'm gonna get somebody to make me some emojis. I live in Asia. <laughs> yeah, it should be a plethora of emoji creators. I got, I got to. I don't know. I'm gonna get my best pictures and like young pictures with me in bikinis and stuff like that, so I can have a little like Amber Rose kind of flair in there. Mom, you're not allowed to be Amber Rose on the ground. Or through emojis at it's all. It's an emoji. It's a cartoon. Ma, I don't need to see that side. It's not live. It's not like I'm going on IG and Snapchat and. Listen, I ain't blasting your age out on my podcast, but this this ain't eighty nine. We don't we don't I need to see. I can't have emojis. That. Nah. I have reading glasses. I can't see up close no more. So that's like the the extent of it. Yeah, nah. You don't need emojis. That time has passed. Oh, that's why. Mama Kardashian don't got emojis. Every other kid got emojis. Mama Kardashian knows her her place. No, I, no, they all, but they all have like a podcast, and they all have. Yeah, she don't got nothing. She played the background. She don't got emojis. Well, she got her little 30, black boyfriend. You get thirty percent of everybody's money. You don't need. You can sit and chill. I would never leave the house. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would, think I would just have a safe sitting right next to me, and be like having everybody come through all the time depositing the money. I just have my Bank of America Stacked. app open, just watching, watching new transactions. Stacked. Like a money counter. Uh, I still want my emojis. I don't care. <laughs> talking about the Kardashians, we have Chloe just wilding out with athletes everywhere. Now it's with Odell Beckham Jr. He's obviously not gay, as people would say. He just likes dancing on men. There's a difference. Um, uh, I'm a New York Giants fan. I will forever be an apologist for him dancing on his friends and doing the dutty wine like he's Rihanna. Because <laughs> he catches a ton of... T- Touchdowns a year. I don't care, man. You dance until your heart's content. Uh, in Drake's backyard, he's doing little dances. Like, it's cool. It's too uh, much. But Chloe's grinding up on him. Chloe's divorcing Lamar again. She got the fake no, butt. She got the official official fake butt. They didn't. They didn't. She filed for divorce, took it back. Exactly. She She took a it. mulligan. Now she's back. So now she put, it, she put Humpty Dumpty back together again, and now she's bouncing. So she's done. Yeah, Her she got the fake butt, though. Done. She and it's the, lumpy and it's crooked. Her thighs are mad small too. She lost the weight. If she would have stayed thick, it would have worked. No, she was too thick though. Her whole she wasn't everything. Too thick. She was manly. She face. had. She looked like OJ. A head to toe 
redo. They you just they just pressed reset on Khloe Kardashian because <laughs> her face was fat, her neck was fat. She just got fat taken out of everywhere and put in her ass, and it's not even it's lumpy and it's crooked. Poor Khloe. But I'm there's no poor Khloe nut. I'm not. Please. She with every baller French. Eh. Shout out to the Bronx. No, French was a mistake. French was not a mistake. Yeah, French was a. French was First a best thing to the radar. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that was about. She was tripping. All right, before I let you get out of here, though, to funnel in the rest of our crazy family members, I figure we play a game. Usually we have, like, our pound-for-pound pound list. We have a whole bunch of, like, different, like, side segments on the show. Um, we're actually going to do the pound-for-pound pound list later for wrestling, for everyone who's staying tuned to that. But with you, Ma, I wanted to try out something different. Oh. I wanted a mother-approves-type list for oh. the show. Uh-oh. So... If you guys don't know, my mom is wild and crazy, and she thinks she got the eye. She has the eye. So if my mom thinks someone is ugly, she will say they're ugly. If she thinks someone is sexy, she will say it. Yeah, I don't have too much of a filter. But I am married, so I found my, my V1. Yes. I will play your game. Go yes. Ahead. So I am okay. going to show you pictures of boxers, wrestlers, oh. uh, and a so couple people, MMA pe- people. People I don't know. You have no clue. I have not shown her these pictures. Okay. I don't know these It's pictures. going to be at random. That I'm pulling them up. You will say approved or not approved and then explain your reasoning. Oh. Now listen, I know my mother has a type. I've seen everyone she's been with all 28 years of my life. My father was the only one that broke the mold. Outside of that, she has a, a fondness of bald heads yes. and goatees. Yes, hair is overrated. I don't understand it, but whatever. Hey, so, But I'm going to go through the pictures. And I'll let you know who I'm showing her as I show it to her, and then she will respond. Oh, it's like very Jimmy Fallon-ish. Well, I thank you. I try. I'm a pretty good host. You know, it's not my first rodeo, as my podcast people would say. Um, first up, Cody Garbrandt, winner of uh, UFC Fight Night Vegas, rising star in the UFC. It looks like he has... No, no, he's not approved. Not approved. You're not, not approved. for the tattoo bad boy look. No, no, I, I don't mind the tattoo. His head is way too small for his body. That's he fights no, at one hundred thirty-five no. pounds. His and then ears up. are bigger than his head. It's cauliflower here. No, I don't like him. Cody Garbrandt is a no, uh, a, which a, is odd. It's no. going to set my Twitter followers on fire. Sorry, Women love but Cody. He's, he's, a, he's a no. Next up, Roman Reigns, oh, WWE sexy. heavyweight champion. He's sexy, and the sleep is everything. <laughs> Mom approves of Roman Reigns. Yeah, he's cute. Most women approve of Roman Reigns. Okay, so approve. That's that's a thumbs up. Thumbs up for Roman Reigns. If only he could talk on the mic. Um, next up, NXT hmm. alum and new WWE superstar Apollo Cruz. Now, um, I guess. Uh, this is odd because he is your exact type. No, not bald really. head, goatee. He's like fat, like fit, like is that a word? Fat oh. fit. He's he fat. He's eight pack. He's he, He's got a lot of fat around his stomach to have like that. That you can see it, but he's like fat fit. Maybe I chose a bad picture of Apollo. You, I think you did because he looks a little bit like Kevin Hart. Oh, he does in look a like speedo. Kevin Hart. And and it's <laughs> it's a little disconcerting. Oh, roasted Apollo. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit too much. NXT champion Finn Balor. Oh, he's cute. I like his eyes. Or a former NXT champion. 
let's see, who does he look like? He looks. He's little... Irish, FYI. Oh, he looks like Ricky Martin. So he looks kind of Puerto Rican. <laughs> he gets he gets the he gets the thumbs up for that. All right, Finn is now Puerto Rican and no longer Irish. He, he needs a tan. The proof. I mean, but I, mean, I don't think Irish he can tan. Yeah. yeah, I think they just, burn. Yeah, he's lobster. Who's this? One time, Keith Thurman. Is that Keith Thurman? That is Keith Thurman. Why does he have a ponytail? Because he has very long hair. He oh. reminds me of the dude from Love and Hip Hop. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. He looked like he would play like a villain in the movie or something. He plays a villainous role in boxing. I like him. Thumbs up for one time, Keith Thurman. Yeah, he's kind of got like a Mexican. He could be like a like a million different things. He's a mulatto, I think. Just light skin black. He's very cute. He has a lisp. Does that change anything? Oh, I don't... No, no. This a is pronounced lisp. Okay, so, we're doing looks. Okay. No My opinion story. is... Okay, he has hair. I used to don't like hair, but his hair is okay. Just stand there and look pretty. I don't need to hear what you sound like. None of, this is not a sound... If it was a sound thing, it would be a totally okay, different It's a Tyson-esque lisp. Yeah. No. Ooh. Mm. It's... No, okay, switch. Let's just, <laughs> let's just move on. Oh, he's cute. Bantamweight contender Aljamain Sterling. Wow. UFC. Just took his first loss, previously undefeated, but he, he shouted like out back. He looks like he's 5'2 and a half. Uh, Aljamain's 5'9. He's actually tall for the division, but he fights at 135, he's five and he's nine. from New York. And he's from where in New York? He's from Brooklyn. Is Long he from Island. Brooklyn? Okay. He's not from Brooklyn. No. So, okay, okay. Trains in Long Island. Uh, just did a real big. Rakim spot for the UFC. They filmed like uh, him and Eric B because he has like the haircut. He wears the gold link dookie chain and all that. Oh, I love him more now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, yes. He's bringing he's, the '80s back. He's very chocolatey. <laughs> Aljamain <laughs> Sterling is approved. We got a couple more. Heavyweight champion. Who is this? Anthony Joshua. He's British. He has an accent. I like the British accent, but he's not like you know. Meh. Meh for Anthony Joshua. Nah, he's good to meh. He's like, eh. He's not an up and he's not down. He's, a, he's whatever. He's average. Last one, in which, kind of hard to tell off of that picture. But. But the, the, but the, I see a Puerto Rican flag. Felix Verdejo. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a plus. Yeah. Automatically because he's Puerto Rican. Absolutely. <laughs> this is my got, grandmother's crush. And he's got a real. 18 pack. <laughs> now that's a that that's a, that pounds. is a washboard stomach. He's cute. He is my grandmother's crush. My grandmother will actually be on the show here in a second talking about boxing. We'll talk Verdejo. We'll talk about a lot of other fighters. He looked like he could be related to us. We should find out. Can we get free tickets if he's like our cousin? So quick story before <laughs> I get I get my mom up out of here. My mom. Uh, my grandmother flew to China to visit my mom. It happened to be during a Manny Pacquiao fight that was going on out there. Wow. And my grandma takes a seat on the plane, and in her role is Felix Verdejo, before he was anything, when he was just a prospect. And he was with Kodo. And he was with Kodo, and they flew with my grandma from Puerto Rico to China. And my grandma fell in love with him then. He was on, like, the undercard, undercard, undercard of that Pacquiao fight. And then since he has blown up, I just sent my grandma to watch his fight in Puerto Rico a month ago. So she is in love with this kid, Diamante. So you didn't know of him, but you knew of him because grandma hopped off of the flight, and that's all she talked about. 
Yeah, and the fact that there was Puerto Rican people on the flight to China, like, blew their mind. Only because Cotto was there. Yeah, Cotto. It was, it was yeah, two. he wasn't bad to look at either. But you didn't put him on the list. I did not put Miguel Cotto on the list. He's older. Yeah. Was, want me to put Floyd on there, too? No, 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 Floyd, yeah, He's too little. Yeah, he has, like, 18 girlfriends. No, he don't need another girlfriend. <laughs> or another baby. Well, thank you for joining me, Ma. Um, the craziness is going to continue. Now, my grandma's coming in. This is the reason that I cover combat sports. Uh, she got me into boxing when I was probably like two, three years old. Uh, now, I, I believe we can say this. We had like this like illegal cable box. They can't come and get us now. So we had the illegal cable box with the pay-per-views, and we used to watch all the pay-per-views for free. So we watched all the boxing matches, and people used to come over our house. Uh, we used to go over this lady named Gonga's house to watch them in the Bronx. So, I mean, I've watched the boxing for as long as I can remember, all thanks to my grandma. So, grandma, say hi to our listeners. Hello, everybody. Uh, my grandma is still in Puerto Rico right now. I was going to wait until we got into New York, uh, but you guys wanted this podcast early. So much stuff happened in MMA and sports in general that you wanted to hear it. So, I had to get my grandma on the Skype for this session, and I needed her input because she still watches boxing every weekend. Like, if there's something on, she's going to watch it. And there's a lot of big fights coming up. There's a lot of people who fought. And she always makes me laugh talking about boxing. So, Grandma, let's talk about some of the fights coming up. We have Sean Porter versus Keith Thurman. You're not a fan of Keith Um, Thurman, are you? Or do you like Thurman? I love Thurman. But Keith Porter is good, too. So, to me, I don't know what's wrong. But I haven't been seeing uh, Thurman too often now. So I'm kind of doubtful about that one. Well, I think... But I like him. Thurman, uh-huh. Thurman's last fight might have been against Guerrero. I think he knocked out Guerrero's last time. Yes, yes. And Porter, Porter <laughs> of course, fought your boy last time, Adrian Broner. Oh, God, I love him for that. Maybe that's why I'm going to root for him this time, because he beat him up. Because that's one guy I don't like. He, he has a big mouth. <laughs> well... Broner still ha- doesn't have another fight. He's doing music videos right now. Um, he's with Rick Ross. Oh, that, oh he yes. turned into a clown. He's, he's always been a clown. Is he what I tell you about him? <laughs> he's going to do, do rap or something now? Yeah, yeah, he does rap. Um, he has, like, oh, music God. out. Yeah, it's, it's slightly worse than his boxing. Just a little bit. Yeah, well, he, that, that's probably what he's going to have to get into soon because he ain't going to make it no more. Next. He's true. Well, I mean, you know, this talk to him fighting Terrence Crawford. Next. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, All you know, right. Good. If he wants to stay at 140 pounds, that's possible. Uh, he can move up to 147, yeah. fight Danny Garcia. Oh, you know damn well he ain't going to fight my Danny Garcia. What, is he crazy? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, poor thing. That's when he's going to become a rapper for sure. <laughs> He'll, he'll probably wrap himself out to the ring if that fight happens. Uh, oh, God. You know, Danny Garcia. No, no. He's a name, too. Like, he can fight Amir Khan next. Uh, he can fight Kel Brook from he, the UK. He could fight whoever he wants right now. He is good. I'm, I'm telling you, he's very good. He's a, he's a smart fighter. You know what I mean? He's not in there to, to joke around. or He's in there to do his job if he fights. I mean... If he loses, he has to lose sometime, but he's, I don't see him losing yet. Not yet. One of the fights yet. that he's he can good. fight 
one of the fights that he can fight is Mayweather. Mayweather's he's going to come back, Grandma. Who do you want to see him fight? Uh, Mayweather? God. Who do I want to see Mayweather? Not fight? Canelo again, right? Like we, we oh, saw no. that already. Canelo, please don't even mention Canelo no more. I don't want to hear his name. Um Canelo, Canelo. They're not gonna they're not gonna put Canelo in here there again. Canelo isn't gonna beat Mayweather. Well, Canelo will fight Canelo anyone fight that's not Triple G. Like, he doesn't want to get knocked out by Triple G. Mayweather's a better fighter well, than Triple that, G. If he's that, if he thinks he's that good, that's who he should fight. Triple G. Oh. Let let Mayweather fight. Uh, let him fight uh, Triple G first, and then if he wins, Mayweather should get him. <laughs> oh. it. I mean, no yeah. one wants to fight Triple G. Well, Mayweather's not fighting him because he's scared oh, to get I'm knocked out. I'm saying Mayweather, then Mayweather should fight Canelo again. If he loses to Triple G, or if he beats Triple G, then Mayweather should should, should go back with him again. Oh, that's true. You know, I mean, but, he, but, nah, but he doesn't want to do that. Canelo <laughs> doesn't want to do that. Are you kidding? Oh, man. If he loses, you know how uh, you know the tears that are gonna be all over that that Las Vegas or wherever he's gonna lose. Oh, oh Oscar Lord. De La Hoya. It'll be all bad. He'll be in women's clothing again. Oh my God! You're gonna see everybody. You're gonna see the mariachis coming out with with, with black flags <laughs> and all that shit. Oscar De La Hoya and the pantaletas on TV. Oh my Lord! <laughs> he's gonna have his bra back on. <laughs> Yep, um, falda. Uh, oh, because he's old, he's gonna have the falda on this time. <laughs> oh shit, that'll be something else. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Uh, I'm oh, not sure if you Lord. saw the fight a couple weeks ago. Uh, Shane Mosley fought again. Did you see that one? Shane Mosley? No, I didn't. Oh, you missed it. I think it was last weekend. Mosley fought. Um, you were watching a different fight. I forgot the other fight that was on last weekend. Uh, I was covering UFC in LA. Oh, you watched, uh, man, it was a great fight. It was supposedly fight of the year. Ended in a draw. I don't know why. Oh, you're talking about uh, Salido. Salido. You watched Sal the Salido. Oh, play. my God. You know, you know, I, I was saying, I was saying to your father, to your grandpa, I was saying if this guy from here, the one that uh, Rocky Martinez, I didn't think was Rocky Martinez was that good. You know, he's well, he's a neighbor right around here. He lives right around here. But I didn't think he was that good, really. But if that guy had a draw with Salido and then beat Salido in the second fight, now I know that Rocky Martinez is good. Because <laughs> the way I saw that Salido had fight last weekend, that was, that, that was the, I think that was one of the best fight of, fights of the year so far. Oh, yeah, definitely. Both of them just going back oh, and forth. Oh, my God. That was a war. That was beautiful. I enjoyed that fight because they began fast and they finished the same way. Yeah. That was the best fight. I, yeah, that's one of the best fights I've seen this year. We're actually going yep. to see the Rocky Martinez fight this weekend. Um, yes, we will see him this weekend. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know he was going to be there, but... I saw him on TV this week, so he was talking about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, we're going because you guys don't know, uh, listening to the show, but my grandma loves Felix, uh, or excuse me, uh, she loves Verdejo. Oh, my baby, so, my diamante, yes, yes, that's my diamond. So, I love him. 
Verdejo is fighting in New York. He's the co-main event for Roman Martinez versus Lomachenko this weekend. So my mm -hmm. grandma just went in Puerto Rico. Uh, I got her ticket. She went and saw Verdejo's last fight, and we're going to go watch him again in MSG this Saturday. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, and we have a few more uh, Puerto Rican fighters that, that weekend. Yes, Puerto we Rican Day Parade. Guy, yes, we have this uh, guy from here. His, they call him Pitufo. Don't ask me his real name. <laughs> Just remember his nickname, Pitufo. He is a great fighter. I saw him when I saw Vildejo the last, the last fight. He was there, and he was the best. That was the best fight of the night. Really? He was so, so good. Yes, he fought, I think, this Mexican guy. That was the best fight of the night. Christopher Pitufo Diaz. Yeah, that's it. I know. All I remember is Pitufo, believe me. I didn't remember his first or last name. But he is great, let me tell you. Very, very good. Very good. Yeah, still yeah, early. So 9 0, 5 KOs. Uh, mm -hmm, it seems like mm -hmm. there's a lot more Puerto Rican fighters. You know, there was a you know a time obviously in the '90s where Puerto Rican fighters had their run. Um, real quick, who oh, was yeah. your favorite Puerto Rican fighter of the time? You watched well, them all. Like, who was your uh, guy? Wow, we had Gomez. Gomez was a great fight fighter. Gomez, there was uh, I como se llama? Oh, oh God. Uh, we had Trinidad. Oh, he was great. He was one of the he was one of the greatest and one of the nicest ones too. Cause you see, I, I like right now. I watch all the who's this other one? Uh, oh, Dios mío, los nombres. Uh, oh, we had a lot. Uh, There's a lot of good ones. There's we got so many of them. We had so many of them. Miguel we Cotto, had, obviously, had a, when when you know Miguel Miguel Cotto, yes, Miguel Cotto. I like him. I, I like him. I, don't I like just Cotto don't... now. Like Cotto then was good. Cotto now is just like eh. No, you see, you know, they, they, they all get they all get like that. You know, they all get like that. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I I like him. You know, I like him as a fighter, maybe, but not. I, I met up with this guy, even when I went to China, we were on the same plane, and Veldejo was on that flight too. I didn't know who Veldejo was. All I know, I saw this young kid, he had a, his uh, jogging suit on, and he had his earphones on, all the way from New York, we were on the plane to China, and that kid was all by himself. You know, Koto uh, was on that flight with his crew, and nobody ever spoke to him. Nobody ever said a word to him. This kid went to China by himself. I don't know who met who he met up with over there afterwards. I guess his manager or whatever. But on the flight, he was by himself. Nobody ever said a word to him. Wow! And that was Koto for one of the Pacquiao And he. Yeah, Pacquiao was fighting that night, and he fought uh, this Mexican guy. And Beldejo, I had never... When I saw that guy in the ring, I told Mario, Mario, look at the kid that I was telling you, that he was so quiet, and nobody... He was all by himself. And I was tempted to go over to him and say something to him, but, like, he was so occupied with his earphones, you know, I didn't want to bother him. And I all of a sudden I see him I see him in the ring. 
And I said, oh, my God, look, it's, it's a Puerto Rican boxer. <laughs> and yet, even when he won, I never won Sokoto go over to that guy and say anything to him. You know, that bothered me so bad. And I said, what the hell is going on here? I, you know? I've never seen him do a press conference or anything together. That's weird. No, you know no, 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 that's weird. But, you know, maybe it's because Beldejo uh, always always said his favorite his favorite boxer Puerto Rican boxer to him is Tri, uh, Tito Trinidad. You know that's his idol, yep. and he wants to be like him, and he wants to treat people like he treats people. You know, he's uh, he wants to be. You know, he's he's he belongs to the people, and Cotto's not like that. You know, Cotto's not like that really. He's a, he might be a good champion and everything, but he's not like that. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I like about Trinidad. That's what I like about Vendejo. He's so everybody here loves him. Who else was everybody there? Everybody loves uh, him. Every place he goes. Wilfredo Gomez. Oh man, he he was he was so good. Hector he was Camacho, so good. which we watch yeah. all the time. Yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hector Camacho. I saw every single fight he ever had. Yeah, it's funny with those crazy boxes. When my son was born, uh, I was looking for nicknames for my son, and I wanted to name him, like, his middle name something crazy. I ended up naming him after my cousin in Puerto Rico. But even after uh, he was Jonathan. born, yeah, I was going to name him Macho as, like, his middle name because uh -huh. of Hector Macho right, Camacho. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. He was great. He was a great one. Um, that, I, was, that was the... I don't even remember Wilf was, Wilfred Benitez. Oh, with Fredo Benitez, he's he's here. He's alive. You know, he's doing very. Uh, you, you saw how Muhammad Ali was. Yeah. That's exactly the way. That's the, exactly the way Benitez is right now. Ah. And it's a shame because he is so young. You know, he is so so young. Yeah, we yeah, just. But that's exactly that's uh, exactly the way he is right now. And, and we he's just been saw like that happened. for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. That was uh, we had the the greatest loss we we had so far as far as uh, as fighter goes to me anyway, you know, mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali because he he really was the greatest you know, he was he, there's not a fight that you saw of Ali that you didn't like. Cameron was great all the time, all the time. Do you think all the time if Floyd wins a couple more, he can ever be as good? Like just as a boxer. Do you think Mayweather uh, has a chance to be as good? Because Mayweather, like you said, like, I don't know. Ali had more exciting fights, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. You know, win or lose, you know, his losses set up bigger comebacks and bigger wins. But Mayweather never had to lose. He's beaten everyone. He's beaten everyone, exactly. He's beaten, he, uh, he, that's why I'm saying I, I would like to see him come back. I would like to see him come back and at least go to 52 win, wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't stay at this 40-something, you know, go 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 over 50, you know, and then you could say, you know, you were one of the greatest, you know, and nobody could take that away from him. Are you buying Pacquiao you know, big... Mayweather if they fight again? Oh, wow, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was, oh, I would love to see that. Yes. Yes, did yes. You, wait, did we get you the first one? Where were you for the first Pac Mayweather Pacquiao fight? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I feel like you might have ordered it. 
or maybe you went to the casino across the street. Somehow you watched no, it. I, no, no, no. I watched it, but I saw it over there in the casino. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the casino in Las Vegas. Yes, yes, yes. That's where I saw it. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah it's crazy I, to think that, you know, you... I don't know. A lot of people don't want to buy a second one. They, but Pacquiao supposedly was hurt. He just did good against Bradley. No, I mean, you know, they'll they go through that. Some of them go through all, all this mess, and all of a sudden you see them in the next fight, and you say, what the hell happened, you know? He was so messed up the last time. and No, but that's the way they are. You know, it all depends on the way they, they train and the way they take care of themselves, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Most of this, you know, these are like this, uh, what do you call it, Mayweather. Mayweather, you know. He does his thing. He goes out, and you know him. But, but you don't. You don't ever hear him. You, they saw Mayweather drunk, or the Mayweather, you know, doing whatever. You know, no. You know, he takes care of his body. You know what I mean? Yeah. But some of them don't do that. That's why they don't last that long. I mean, that's why you have Adrian Broners. <laughs> oh, that piece of oh, please don't even mention his name, man. Don't mention his name. That kid upsets me. He upsets me. He started so good. He started so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, man. Uh, yeah, but, but Mayweather has a good fighter, though. He has one good fighter. He has more than one good fighter. But that little guy, I think his name is Davis. Oh, the, the young kid. Oh, that kid is fantastic. The, like, 19-year-old. Oh, he's a very young kid. But he is great. I'm I'm waiting to see him again. I want to see him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they a, have to, you know. When is he fighting? Or did he just fight like last weekend? Um, oh, I he's don't, been fighting I don't know a lot. Oh, I didn't see him. I didn't see him this weekend. I didn't see him this past weekend. Yeah, I know what you're but, talking uh, about. Though. But that I want to see. I want to see him again and again because he is good. He's very good. Definitely. He is going to be a good, good fighter, and I hope he. I hope uh, Mayweather, you know, does the right thing for him. You know that that don't let him go crazy like that stupid Bronner did. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. This kid seems completely different. Every time I see him, he's in, you know, he's in the gym training. He never skipped out on mm-hmm. training. He's been training there since he was fifteen. I've seen him for the past four mm-hmm. years training in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, the kid seems to have his head on straight. Uh, the other young good, fighter, you good. know, around Errol Spence, is a guy that Errol I really Spence want to see what he does next. Yeah, yeah, he's good too. I've seen him fight. He's good. Yeah, he has a he has a few uh, good fighters. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. Has a few, uh, so far, he has a very uh, 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 not a few. He has quite a lot of them. But uh, and and this De La Hoya, he has some good fight fighters too. Oh, De La Hoya does. I, we'll, we'll see. I, he put a lot of them on the Canelo card. The Canelo card. Uh, versus Amir Khan was one of the best because it was just all knockouts. Yeah, that's why. That's why I don't get to see them that much because I don't. I don't pay for pay per view. You know, I'm, I haven't gotten to that. To my my check hasn't grown yet. So <laughs> once I start, my check starts growing, then I'll start seeing some pay per view. And usually, yes, with some of the most of his fights, Canelo now everything is pay per view. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't see him. I don't want to see him. I'll see him the week after. <laughs> you know, even though I already know whether he won or lose, but I'll see it the week after. They'll repeat it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Nah. <laughs> uh, I need my crazy box right now. Right? We need to bring it back. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll show you how to work the computer, Grandma. We'll, we'll get you on these on these streams. 
Uh, every, okay, okay. Good. Everyone, that Good. is my we grandma, though. <laughs> this is my grandma. This is what we do all the time. We talk boxing. Uh, she watches more yeah. boxing than I do, and it's my job. So <laughs> thank you, grandma, <laughs> for stopping by and talking to us. Okay, puppy. I love you. God bless you, and I'll see you on Saturday. All right. Okay? I'll see you this weekend, grandma. With bells on. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye, everybody. Good night. I'm bringing my pops in right now. Uh, another wacky member of the family. Uh, my pops is in New York, so I will be seeing my pops on this next vacation. Once again, I had to call him, though, because you guys wanted the episode early, so I had to get him on the phone and do this via Skype. Me and pops are going to handle the hip-hop part of the discussion today. Pops has been entrenched in the hip-hop scene, uh, just like everyone kind of growing up in New York has been since its inception. I know a lot of my early hip-hop because of my dad, and he still would say that I don't know a lot. Uh, but that's just because he's whack, and he never wants to give me the credit on that. But uh, Illmatic is my favorite hip-hop album of all time because of my pops. Um, and his depth of knowledge as far as, like, 80s, 90s, you know, early hip-hop, the golden era is unmatched. So it's dope to have him on here to talk about some of the new school hip-hop that's out right now. And his feelings and stuff on what's going on. So, Pop, say what up to the people. What's up, peoples? How y'all doing? Um, so, Pops, let's start it off here. The biggest thing now is Drake. And, you know, Drake just kind of went like super reggae thong on this last album. Uh, it, he just switches his style so much. He, you know, has the Ghost Riders and they, they come out and all this stuff. Is it true hip-hop and can he be number one? Like, could he be in the discussion of best of all time if he continues to do what he does? No, he can't be in the discussion of best of all times, but he is talented, and uh, I like his work ethic. I think his new album with the reggae thong was a reach. It really wasn't necessary, but um, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt of just trying to challenge himself to show his range. But as a, as an actual rapper and and, and as a, a true hip hop artist, he's gotten better. So I give him that credit. Um, he he really showed me a lot with the battle. Um, he showed me a lot with the album, the the mixtape with Future, and I actually learned to appreciate him more. Um, if you listen to him and, and the words he say, he really talks real slick, real, real greasy. And I really like that about him as well. Um, regardless if he writes every lyric or not, he's able to make it appear as if it was written by himself. So I, I really appreciate him. He's getting better, but nowhere near number one of all time. Can you really be? Can you, are you even hip hop if you don't write your own lyrics? Like that's something they've always done in R&B. Like, in the 90s, you can't even... Like, if someone else wrote your lyrics, that's it. It's the end of your career. I mean, at that point, you're Puff. Like, there's only certain people who've gotten away with that. Puff, uh, Dre, uh, that's about it. Timbaland, the like, there's producers. Kanye, if you're a producer first, then a hip-hop artist, people can write your stuff. If it's not for that, it's kind of like, yo, we don't take you serious. But he's from Canada. How serious was you going to take him? He wasn't coming across as, as as a... All right, let me rephrase that. If we're just talking about lyrics, that's not a part of the game right now. So he's just taking advantage of what the game is today. Um, if you want to compare him to Puff, I wouldn't, because Puff never had 
his own flow. Yeah. So whoever wrote for Puff, Puff sounded like them. With Drake, Drake has his style. So they might write a line or say this line might sound hot, but his delivery is always Drake. And he has he has maybe one or two different deliveries depending on what he's trying to do, whether he's doing a R&B-ish, but he's mastered that delivery. I know it wasn't his that he created, but he's mastered it on his own. His straight rap uh, voice is the same constantly. That delivery is constant. And when he does the true R&B, R&B, or his initial type of rap music where it was very dark, it was still his own delivery, his own flow. So if someone didn't tell me he didn't write his lyrics, I wouldn't have known. And throughout history, everyone had someone who was sitting next to them at some point in time writing with them. Um, no one that I know of, maybe a biggie, just sat down and wrote everything on his own. So I really wouldn't hold that against him. But regardless, he wasn't going to be nowhere near the top anything. See, yeah, that's what throws me off. It's like, okay, like people are like, yo, you know, Drake is the greatest. It's like, cool, early Drake was influenced heavy by uh, The Weeknd. And you can tell, like even in his early Drake R&B was The Weeknd for all mm-hmm. purposes. And then The Weeknd left. We haven't seen that heavy R&B Drake anymore. Why? Because the guy who helped him write it is gone. Now, if he does R&B, it sounds like Party Next Door, his young kid. Because that's the guy who helps him write everything for the, for the R&B side of it now. And then you're like, oh, Drake had a pure hip hop flow. Yeah, Drake took it from Big Sean. Like his flow's been exactly the same. Like he stole Big Sean's whole joint, and that's been known from the, from the jump. So it, it seems like, I, I'm once again, I don't dislike Drake. I like a lot of Drake's music, but he stole a good amount of his stuff from other people, and which is cool to me. He's an actor, an actor first, you know, a hip hop artist second. I say the same thing about Tupac. People look at me crazy. It's like, yo, Pac was an actor and, and and at the base level, a poet. So he can turn into whatever you wanted him to turn into because he was an amazing actor. He went to high school for acting. Drake was an actor first. If you want Drake to be hood, he can act hood. If you want him to be R&B, he can act R&B because he's an actor and at that- his core. And, and Pac did the same. You want him to act party? He did digital underground. You want him to act hardcore? He did death row. You wanted to act West Coast? He did that. Like, Pac can act like whatever. And that's what I see in Drake. But here's the difference to me between Pac and Drake. Pac just had a whole bunch of different personalities in his acting. So it wasn't uh, Dr. Dre came or, or a particular producer said, listen, on this particular record, we want you to act this way. Pac was just all over the place. He didn't know who his true identity was because he was such an actor. And in certain parts, Pac really just wanted to have fun. In certain parts, Pac really just wanted to get his point across about things that he didn't uh, uh, appreciate what was going on in the world. He was deep in that regard. And then on certain times, he was just like, yo, listen, I want to battle. I, I don't like you or whatever the case may be. He got a little bit hard because the people he surrounded himself with made him hard. Pac was never a person who was busting his gun or, you know, putting up his hands, but he was surrounded by those type of people with, which made him think he was harder than he was. But I think Pac was more genuine. He just had a bunch of different personalities that he couldn't master. Now with Drake, I agree. I agree that he's just a, a great actor, but at the end of the day, the reason why he's, what he is today is because what else is there? Where's the comp? Where's the true competition of 
what he's doing compared to, I've got to give you a great example. He's the modern day Jay-Z. When Jay-Z really first hit the scene, it was album after album after album after album. He was dropping three, four albums a year where the, where the traditional hip-hop artist at that time was dropping an album and then you would have to wait a year, a year or two before they came with the second album where Jay-Z changed that and was album, album, album. With Drake, he just doesn't stop working. So he's outworking people, even if he's an actor. And I think that's why people appreciate him because you don't hear nothing that's not Drake. And even if other people is writing for him and he's delivering it, most of the songs is kind of hot. You know what I'm saying? Or if you hear it a hundred times, you're like, oh, I learned to appreciate it. So for today, in today's market, with today's artist, he's literally the only one saying something with clarity. I like Future, but I don't know what the hell he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? But, well, I mean, there's people like Kendrick and uh, now Chance broke onto the scene, uh, J. Cole, and they have their own name. But they, I don't know, it seems like they still can't, no matter how much quality they put out, the masses are still drawn to Drake. And hip-hop, hip-hop goes as your top man goes. So if your top man is hood and street, they're going to classify the entire genre as hood and street. Regardless of what else is out there. And we saw that, you know, with Jay-Z and he had his run and everything was still hood, 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 hood. But to be fair, Talib was dropping dope songs. Common was dropping dope music. Like Backpackers had like a dope wave during that time. And no one cared because the top man or people like cared about it. But the genre was still classified by the top guy. And it was, oh, you guys are hoodlums or everything's about guns and blah, blah, blah. And like. The top guy is speaking about that, but there's plenty of different diversity. And now it's like, yo, there's plenty of quality music that these young kids are spitting about. Um, but the top guy reflects what everyone feels is the genre. And they hear, you know, Drake singing or Future on his tracks. And you don't understand what the hell he's saying. And then it influences kids like Panda, whoever the hell that kid is, singing that song. <laughs> and, you know, it, yeah, it's Brooklyn, a trick. Right of all places. Yeah. Um, New York is just trap music now. We, we see Fat Joe just well, made a mean comeback off of a trap song with French. But see, trap music is you. Trap music is the urban reggae song. I mean, the beat's not going to change. You can't really lose with a trap song. You, you're going to get down south influence, and people's going to listen to it. So today's hip hop is more strategically based on what artists is trying to do instead of being they bringing out their own artistry. The artistry, I can't say is lost, but if you're trying to be mainstream, everybody is in the same cesspool trying to do the same music. But whenever someone comes out of that cesspool and does something hot, they will change the whole direction of it. It, it just hasn't happened right now. But the Fat Joe movement, you figure Fat Joe... The oldest rapper in the in the industry, him and Jay Z, but they make the hottest record in New York because they're the only ones who know how to make that type of music that will have a person like myself or the quote unquote late '80s babies and up really appreciate that new wave boom bap because they're the only ones who can do it. Remy Martin came in and did a verse and a remix verse and was better than. Every girl that you've heard in, in the last six, seven years. Word. She crushed but, it. 
CCD. <laughs> so what is that saying about the industry where, quote unquote, old heads still can do it better than the youngins? And that's just because the youngins don't have a direction. They don't, they don't know where to go. And as far as the New York-based artists, I give them this. It's been since 2016. 2002, when 50 probably was the last of the runs of the New York, New York style, right? Yeah. If, if you 16 years old, you was two years old then. So these kids is growing up hearing just down south, down south, and other influences from other states. And yeah. so now they 16, 17, or 18, 19 trying to rap. But they only could do what they've been hearing because what we did that they hear from their parents, that's not what's on the radio. And they only going to mimic what's the newest hot thing. And plus, everybody wants to stay home. They want to do it at their age. So I think the New York rapper is lost because they grew up with it not being in New York. The rest of the country, I really can't tell you. Trap music. Trap music's everywhere. About, <laughs> but. I couldn't tell you three lines from Panda. I like literally. I'm lost. I don't. Something about a ghost and a phantom. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. But everyone loves that song. What what saved that record? And I still don't know what he's talking about. But and this is the down south influence. The fact that he says I got broads in Atlanta made the record because Atlanta's still the black capital of the country now. So the fact that he could say, I got boys in New York has always been a Georgia, New York thing. Even from back in the days, people come from Georgia, they will bypass the Carolinas and come straight to New York. So a lot of New Yorkers had family in Georgia. So for anybody to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to Atlanta from New York was not a stretch. So now that Atlanta is really popping and I would say at least 30% of them is from New York in some capacity. So he says, I got broads in Atlanta. It, it, it gave him credibility. And that's the only thing I understood. After that, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, word up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, that's true. It's true. Um, and his ad-libs is crazy, though. His ad-libs is crazy. Yeah, I mean, everybody his on the trap scene crazy. now, their ad-libs are bananas. That's why I like Migos. Mm -hmm. People talk about me all I want. Migos' ad-libs are bananas. But then again, they stole Three Six Mafia's whole style. See, but everything's just recycled. See, that, that's the thing. It's like, yo, everything comes in waves and everything's just recycled. Nothing's new. It's like, yo, this person, yeah, they, oh, yeah, but they sound like that person. Or like, yo, you know, this person did that in the 90s, right? It's just like, it's the same exact thing over and over. Um, but like you said, if people, you know, the kids buying the albums and downloading the songs on iTunes and everything, if they're 16 through 20 and they're driving the radio, they were born in 1998, 1996. You know, by the time their ears were even ready to listen to music, it was 2001, 2002. They were hearing Lean With Me, you know, Lean With It, Rock With It, and mm -hmm. Shawty Low, and, you know, uh, Soldier Boy. They were doing a Yule and all that. So they they didn't hear this beforehand. So everything's new and fresh to them. Um, Like, right now, and honest to God, if CeeLo Green in the 90s was, like, out right now, he'd run the game. No one has, like, CeeLo would have been doing this better than everyone. Old Dirty Bastard would have been doing it better oh, than all of them. Oh, my God. Like, Goody, oh. like Nate Dogg would have been crushing the game. People love oh, Ty Dolla Sign on the West Coast. Like, yo, Ty Dolla is, is dope, but Nate Dogg would have been doing it so much better. Yeah. 
Nate Dogg did it great then too. He really yeah, did. I mean, he did. He, really it. he did. did it great then too. <laughs> but I'm saying like he everything did. is just like everyone has a direct comparison now. Everyone who is new has a direct comparison to someone before. People love Kendrick and like his flow is so out of pocket and the way he puts stuff together. Andre 3K was doing that in '92. I could throw on the first Outkast album and hear the same rhyme patterns. But so, if you think about it, the artist that's out now. Besides the trap, and I, I really don't know a lot of the young young ones. These artists is 30, 31, 32, 33. You know what I'm saying? Future is not young. He was down with um, Outkast. He's out of their camp. So when he was a young and he was running with them, I think Rico Wade might be his uncle. Don't quote me on that. But I know. So I think I think it's Rico Wade. One of them Outkast producers is kin with Future. So Future grew up in the business. Yeah. So his 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 even though he figured out his own niche and how he wants to approach it, he's still a grown man staying it. So so the the reason why people is reaching back, the main artist is still old enough to still have a little bit of what was going on in the past and trying to bring it back to life in their own way. They trying to reinvent something that was already there. And 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 to be honest with you, that that they said EPMD sounded like Rock Him, and if you really <laughs> listen to EPMD, they sounded just like Rock Him. Yeah. So it, it it really wasn't like that. That's it's just that when you have an artist or a certain that thing that you like or a style that you like, it's going to be a little bit in you. So I can see why a lot of people sound like one another. The difference is, in my opinion, is that true hip hop always had new and dope slang. And it was kind of clear in what you heard. Now, no one knows what the, no one knows anyone's saying. And this is young kids. Like, I still, I coach high school basketball and they don't know what these people are saying. But they <laughs> like it. And the joke is like, yo, what is, what is Panda saying? Like, no one knows what he's saying, but they like it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even matter at that point, I guess. Uh, Let's talk about Troy Ave, though. You know, talking about you know New York hip hop and and some of the new wave of people that came through. Troy Ave had a run for like a summer. It cooled down, um, but he was still doing shows. You know, he was invited to perform at the Ti Friends joint and ended up having a shootout and getting caught on camera. And he was busting his gun, and now he's facing charges. Is that ever like? Is that something that's still part of the hip hop community? Like, is that something that was going on when? You know, it was your era, like, you know, in the 90s and all that stuff. Because to me, I never heard those stories of like, yo, these people are just shooting and acting stupid and blah, blah, blah at a concert. All the stuff I heard was like, yo, uh, you know, we're going to the tunnel, the Palladium, all this stuff. Like, everything was just fun and parties. And uh, everyone who's listening, my uncle Chuck Bone used to throw parties and craziness. I only heard, like, good stories about those. And now it seems like it, that whole club genre in new york is dead and it's really dying out across the nation like i live in vegas so we have clubs but it's edm everywhere else is like you know everyone has a residency and you have to pay 150 dollars to watch them perform six songs at dre's like that's not a club like the clubs out here are edm clubs you go you have fun blah 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 there's no more hip-hop clubs in atlanta and down south they go to strip clubs they get bottles in strip clubs in new york you got to go to strip club now to hear music and the bartenders are sexy and they're damn near strippers and everyone chills there. There's no more clubs. 
So is that something that we're seeing dying out? Is that gone? Because of stupidness like this? Yes, but when it comes to him, his stupidness is, was on a whole nother level of stupidity. First of all, the reason why he was appreciated as an artist coming out of New York, New York was starving for new artists anyway. And his name, you know, he's literally from Troy Ave, Troy Ave, Brooklyn, Troy Ave. So they was trying to get behind him. Now, here's the stupidity part. There's nowhere you can go in New York City and there's not cameras all over the place. <laughs> so where in his right mind did he think he was actually going to get away with that? Now, if he had beef and he wanted to go and he wanted to bust his gun and he wanted to, no, do what you do. But the stupidity aspect of it, you're going to go in the club, there's cameras all over the place, and you're just going to start shooting. First of all, you shoot yourself. So that shows you that you really wasn't, quote, unquote, who you said you was. You're not constantly handling the gun. You're not really in the hood. But all that fake stuff, that movie stuff that you're trying to portray that you truly is, is not true. Because everything about what you did was stupidity and the quote-unquote real movers and shakers, they don't move like that. They don't do things out in the open. They're, that's not what they're doing. Now, back to how it affects the hip-hop community and in New York City, the tunnel was basically maybe one of the only clubs. It, the tunnel was my era, Studio 54. So... Prior to that, we wasn't going to clubs. New Yorkers wasn't going to clubs. When the bad boy, which is off of the Uptown ever, so the Uptown team with Andre Harrell, those was the first ones in your Uncle Chuck that was throwing parties and, and made it sexy to go out. Before that, people really wasn't going to clubs. New Yorkers chilled on their block. It wasn't like we're going to go downtown to a club to, to go hang out. No, you hung out on your block. So when you go and you hang out in the tunnel or you go to the industry parties is what we would call them, it was sexy because you had industry executives partying with people from neighborhoods, but the people from neighborhoods that would go was usually somebody who was getting money in some capacity who was fly. So no, people wasn't going to these parties to thug out because they was going to get fly. Now, each Within boroughs, you had your little hood spot clubs. And those hood spot clubs was just like this. It was raunchy, but <laughs> you never had, you, they were, but you never had celebrities in those clubs. So no, a Troy Ave back in, in our day would not have been in a urban club in Brooklyn. He would have been at a industry party. So it was totally different. So as far as now, the New York scene is trying to bring back their club scene, but I don't think Troy Ave's stupidity will affect that at all. I just don't think it's a, a, a true club scene in New York. When you go to Manhattan, it's a lot of tourists that go out. So, again, it's not really a true club scene. There are clubs, but it's not to that degree, and I don't think that his stupidity affects the hip-hop culture in New York. The hip-hop culture in New York is struggling because New York City is so diverse now. It's not, it's not as black and Puerto Rican as it used to be. It's, a, it's, it's Dominicans, it's Ecuadorians, it's so many different cultures. It's Mexicans. And these new cultures just stay within their culture. So, so the hip-hop community in New York is shrinking, 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 shrinking. So I don't think that his 
digressions is really going to affect what's going on in the hip-hop culture in New York City. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, it's cool to see, like, you know, there's pop-up kind of clubs, quote-unquote. There's, like, Henny Palooza that goes on that uh, Kaz from the Stash is a part of, which is cool. There's, uh, like, Trap Karaoke. There's, like, these pop-up shows and clubs and all this stuff that people like attending. But there's no mainstay clubs. Like, I, I don't understand how you break a record now. Like, you got to take it to a strip club? There's, like, radio play doesn't really matter. Like, people are just paying for radio play. Um, blog placements are all payments, pretty much. You have to pay these bloggers to post your stuff. So it's weird, the dynamic of breaking an artist and breaking into music now. The, 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 the average DJ in New York City, all DJ in clubs, even if they small clubs, but most of the clubs they DJ, like Funkmaster Flex, anytime you hear him on the radio talking about a club, he's in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? But if you get Sess One or you get Carmelo, they might be in the strip club. So yes, it, it is, the strip club is the urban club. So if you go to a strip club, there'd be more regular women in there than stripper women. <laughs> there'd be more regular dudes in there. You understand what I'm saying? It's, that's the club scene. But the radio DJs are also DJing in these venues. So they need that to knock. And that's how your record will break. So that's why you get a lot of trap. That's why you get a lot of bass heavy type of hip hop where it's not so much vocal because the music that's out now is great party listening to music. You go to a party or you go to a club and it sounds great. But if you listen to your radio the next day, it sounds like trash because you're not drunk. <laughs> yeah. so, so, but yes, to how to break a record right now, it, it's, it, it's difficult. I just, I try to tell artists that you need an abundance of music. You have to continuously have next song, next song, next song, next song to that song pops. And if you get that song that pops, you could ride the wave like Ferg, ASAP Ferg. I like Ferg. I really like the record. Definitely. But if Ferg doesn't come behind that, it'll be short-lived. Yeah. I mean, he just dropped his album last week. It doesn't have a major hit on it, but the album's pretty cool. Um, you know, it got some traction, but yeah, it doesn't have the hit like the first album had. You know, uh, even Shabba Ranks turned out to be a pretty dope track and carried it and that had two singles on it this one really doesn't have any so we'll see you know how that affects him uh schoolboy q is about to be in the same boat like schoolboy q's first album had a lot of dope tracks a couple singles really blew up but now it's like okay you got to do it again and uh we, we saw the kid from fetty wap you know he had the what the two songs that popped off the the one joint that was huge, the what's up, hello, that stupidness. Um, but haven't heard from him since. So now it's like the pressure's on him to put out another single. Oh, the 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 guy who was on Freddie Wap's album? No, Fetty Wap in general. Like uh Fetty Wap okay, you know, okay. with the with the one eye, yeah. Like he yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah, heard yeah, from yeah. him in a second. Well he has he has he has he has like a, a single out now, which is kinda different where i don't know the name of the record but it, it seemed like it's about his life because within a lot of the verse he's talking about when he was in school so it kind of sounds like and i've heard it at first i didn't like it at all and then i i, I have listened to it to try to get into it the other day while i was driving and 
it, it seemed like it's it's a song like where he was trying to just let people know where he where he came from and and, and how you know he went into into how he he I think lost one of his eyes or or and, and something with a doctor it, it was one of those when you reminisce type of records so I don't know if he was trying to hit a home run with that record or except just letting people know this is where I came from so I really can't tell you but yeah it definitely was a reach and when you first hear it you would think oh this is definitely going to lose his momentum but. It's been getting, it's been getting, you know, some good money behind radio clips. There's some good money behind. Yes, that's the key. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. At this point in time, he's got money behind it. He got the money track. All right, cool. Before we get you out of here, pops, and uh, we talk wrestling to close out the show, I gotta go through the same segment I had my mom go through. So it's now pops approves or pops disapproves, and same way I have my mom do it is I'm going to show you pictures. Of a couple wrestlers and MMA fighters. There's not too many like female boxers to show you. Um, and you're going to tell me if you approve of how they look. Or if you disapprove. Like they're not your style. And why. And we'll go through a couple before we get you out of here. Sounds good? Mm-hmm. Alright, alright. Let's see. First up. We have Sasha Banks. WWE. Sasha, you know, light skin, red hair. What do, what do you think of Sasha? Sasha, I like Sasha. Sasha's cool. Sasha's cool. Sasha's cool. Um, FYI, Sasha's my bae. Everyone knows this. My girlfriend Elena knows this. Everyone who listens to the podcast, if she does anything, people hit me up on Twitter, hashtag bae. Let me know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. See, it depends. Like in the three, in the photos you you showed me, the the first one, like I said, she attractive, but the third one when she's sitting down. That one was the one that took over the top of me. I was like, okay, she 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 got it because she looks natural there. The first two she didn't, but she, you know, I I like girls out of the gym. I like them a little sweaty. So she definitely, <laughs> she definitely, yeah, she definitely looked she looked right in that one. So she definitely she gets that one. She, all right, pops approves of Sasha Banks. He doesn't like her I as much as I like Banks. her, but it, it's all good. Uh, second, not like it, but the red hair threw me off a little bit. A little hood boogerish, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, second, we have Michelle Waterston, the karate, karate hottie from the UFC. No, I like her. She gets approved. She's approved. And I sent you pretty much the most tame picture because she got better pictures out there. Yeah, but you know, that's, that's, that's my flow right there. Pops, all right. Pops loves the karate hottie. Uh, that was the easy approval too. No, no time yeah, wasted. Nah. Uh, third, we have... Let's see, who is third on the list? We have Becky Lynch, WWE. The Irish last kicker. She's Irish. She has a thick Irish accent, if that helps any. She's cool. She, 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 she's cool. Just she's not whack, but she's she, she, I, yeah, she, <laughs> she, she, I. she And I actually like redheads, so I'm not even, it's not even that. She, she's I. Right. Maybe it's the angle, I don't know. She's I. <laughs> that was like her best picture too. Um, oh yes, yeah. don't approve that. Eh. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Naomi from the WWE, ex-member of the Funkadactyls. Uh, yeah, I gave you two pictures of Naomi. This is her better side, by the way. So I gave her, uh, I gave uh, Pops a picture of Naomi looking over her shoulder, showing off her um, assets. 
Um, I like I like I like her. She actually has a cute face and a nice figure, it, and, and which is a little better than the asset. The asset is definitely there for her and it helps her, but personally, it don't make her. But she 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 gets to go. Really, you see, I, she's not you, my friend. Yeah, people get on me all the time. And be like, yeah, she doesn't do it for me. Um, she's not like you know, she's not my type necessarily. So I, I usually give her the disapproval. I think she got a strong face. Like What's thing had the strong face? Who? Irish girl. She had the strong face. She got the strong face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. I, I can see how you would say that. So, um. I mean, she was, you know, lifting weight. So, but no, no. Um, she'll be third on the list behind my favorite number one and then your favorite number two and so far she'll be three and 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 the girl that's been wait she she's not in the in the cat in, in she's the not in the conversation she's out of here all right so those are the first three i guess we've gone through four um next we have claudia galdeja from the ufc uh brazilian crazy six-pack back tattoo with a tiger where do you stand on claudia I didn't like her at all. Really? And I felt like back, this would be your way. Te- well, the back, the, the, when, when I seen the back picture, her face looked so much softer. And the first one, she just, a little too, nah, nah. And she, she's adorable, but nah, nah. Pops disapproves of Claudia. All right. Yeah. Next up, we have Paige Van Zant. She was just on Dancing with the Stars, uh, UFC. You know, she's top five in her division. She can actually fight. She's really good. Um, but, you know, people like her for her looks. What do you think of Paige? She's gorgeous. It is. I mean, people like her for her looks for a reason, but she's drop-dead gorgeous. Um, what I like about her is, though she is an athlete, she 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 has a, a fitness figure. Like, her body's very fitness. is soft. She uh, came from dancing. She was, like, professional dancer, like, growing up. And yeah, then got yeah, into like gorgeous. fighting. Yeah, no, no, she's 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 gorgeous. Is but she... in the picture with with the gloves on, I, she just looks a little more sexy to me with the ones with the gloves. The other one with the jacket on, she looks like the girl next door. You know what I'm saying? But but she she she's gorgeous. All right, let's go to WWE Women's Champion Charlotte. Sent you two pictures, nah. of Charlotte. Nah, that was quick. Nah, quick and easy. Nah. Rick not Flair's daughter, not at all. Nah. She looks like a little like Rick Flair like in the Rick face. Flair. Yeah. <laughs> not sorry, Rick Flair. It's not a go. Oh man, Char- that was quick on the Charlotte. That was dope. <laughs> Charlotte, don't take it personal. <laughs> I, I threw in one more bonus one. Um, right now, I'm not sure if it went through. Could you see the next couple of pictures that's on there? Yes. Is that the same person? Two of them. Uh, yes, so bonus, uh, Nia Jax. I almost forgot to throw Nia Jax in there. NXT, she's going for the championship uh, at NXT TakeOver The End. What do you think of Nia Jax? I like Nia Jax. Nia Jax with the curly hair is, is a go. It's, it's weird how, the, depending on what hair you have or what you're wearing, because in, in the selfie. She looks grown. She looks like somebody who's in her mid to late 30s. Um, but in the 
shirt with the WWE property shirt. She she looks a little young, but she just looks a little more pure, prettier. You get to see the eyes popping out. So she's 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 not a brick at all, but you know, I mean, she's cool. Naya's a, a legit like two bills too. She is sexy. She's a mm-hmm. she's a lot of woman. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was looking at her. The thickness of Nia Jax is is legit. It's official too. But but she look a little little SpongeBob SquarePants though. She's got a little little square at all. No, no, no. She's more boxy than curvaceous. Yeah, yeah. That. eh. The face is carrying it over. She's cool. She's cool. Oh, all right. Well, Nia's middle ground. There's enough Nia for me then. All right, Pops, but uh, thanks for joining us, Talking Hip Hop. It was a dope segment. Uh, say later to the people so we get you out of here. Good night, later. Nice talking to y'all. All right, we got Pops up out of here. Uh, shout out to Pops for coming through and talking hip hop this week. It was a dope conversation. But now it's time to talk about pro wrestling to end the show. And I'm bringing in my bae, like real life bae, not Sasha Banks. Uh, bring in my girlfriend, Elena, to talk wrestling. She... Hit up WrestleMania with me this year. We saw a ton of indie wrestling shows. We go to ROH together, uh, do all that other, like, aww, and mushy wrestling stuff. So a couple that wrestles together stays together. So, babe, what's up? Thanks for joining me. Hello, hello. Um, So nice and mild-mannered you are on the show. Um, So we got to talk wrestling. And we're going to start with Raw this week. And it was The Club, as they're being called, versus John Cena and The New Day. Um, in, in this matchup, like, who do you like, who do you don't like? Let the people know, because you actually now are knowledgeable with uh, wrestling. Indies, you know, WWE, everything. So in, in this matchup, are you rooting for The Club, or are you rooting for, like, Cena and The New Day? Um, I'm rooting for The Club, because I like AJ Styles. I'm still... Not too into John Cena yet, although I do like the old stuff you were showing me last week where he was like putting down all the raps when he came out. That was pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, uh, old school Cena, I thought he was going to rap this week. That would have been incredible. He ended up not rapping, but if he would have cut like the mean rap promo, it would have been dope. Yeah, when he was a heel, he seemed much cooler, but the long shorts and like the neon little headbands or armbands, I can't really get down with. But now it's Styles, you know, Styles, Cena. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, the New Day versus The Club, though, they're announced. So we get a tag team, like, four-way match at Money in the Bank, which we have to get tickets to. Right. Um, it's Enzo and Big Cass, the Vod Villains. My absolute, absolute favorite right now. So Enzo and Cass, Vod Villains, New Day, and The Club, as far as Gallows and Anderson, all versus each other. I'm guessing you're pulling for Enzo and Cass. Yes, the smack talker Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Couple haters? Yes, my absolute favorite right now. I love him. Uh, I'm so glad he's better. <laughs> so, okay, so you have them in that match. I personally think the New Day holds on to the belts. Of course. At least until the brand split. Like, the brand split's going to be dope, because what if they end up on, like, different sides? They've just had the belt for way too long now, so it's time to give it up. I still think it might be too soon for Enzo to get it because he's so brand new, but New Day could let go of it. Yeah, I mean, Vaude Villains getting it might be a little whack, but it, it definitely, you know, it helped the club. I and forget about Vaude Villains. 
Yeah, the the club, you know, Gallows and Anderson will help establish them a little bit. Like if they had the belts, like heels with belts are really dope. Yeah. I, I love when a heel tagged. I like when the New Day were heels and had the belts. Yeah. So now that they're like faces, it's like yeah, all right, give it up. Let the heels have the belts and let's let them just dominate. Yeah, it's just been too long. How long have they had the belt? It's been a while since like last September. They're yeah. approaching a year, I yeah. think. There's it's no other good long. tag teams though. Well, now there is. Yeah, but before they won it from the primetime players. Yeah, now now there's a bit. And the Dudleys are, like, getting out of there, too. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know what happened to the Usos. Oh, yeah. The Usos have been gone for a while. That was good, because their run with New Day was forever. Was yeah. it New Day that they were fighting every yeah, 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 it was, like, a good two months. Yeah, that was annoying. Um, So, we have that. Uh, We have the Money in the Bank ladder match. That seems to be getting a lot of run. Right now, so we have KO, Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho. Please no. Uh, old man Jericho, not a fan. Nope. He, you have like a million scarves that look you like know old I'm man not. Jericho. <laughs> no, I don't. You do. You guys have a similar wardrobe. No, we don't. Leather jackets. You said and that scarves. about the Miz too. You, you do dress like the Miz. You guys both have like the long parka. Okay, no. <laughs> I definitely don't dress. Oh wait. Jericho did have on those uh, jeggings and the boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the jeggings tucked into the boots. Yes. Like you do. You guys dress very similar. Yeah, okay. Um, and then Alberto Del Rio. Please, no. Yeah, he got paid. He got a little That's young That's all something. I think about anymore. It's kind of gross. What? Wait, wait. You, time out. Before we run down the rest of this uh, list of the Money and Bank match, you should be pro dating someone younger than you. No. You're like my Alberto Del Rio. Don't ever call me your Alberto Del Rio again. <laughs> okay, there's not like 18 years in between oh us. My God. But I'm okay with the age difference dating. Okay, but I'm not okay with Alberto, and this has nothing to do with me and you. <laughs> Listen, this is what the people on the podcast want to know. Wow. Um, so then we have Alberto Del Rio. Uh, who else did I forget in this crazy match? Kevin Owens. I uh, said KO first. Oh. KO, Zane, Jericho, uh, Del Rio. Crazy guy. Ambrose. Oh, Ambrose. Yes, Ambrose is in it. And I think Ambrose might win. Uh, just to set up like the him, Rollins, Reigns storyline. You think line. he's going to win? I, I don't see why it'd be bad. He took the belt from Rollins last year and like held it captive. And he was pretty cool in that role. So if he just holds the briefcase, you never know when he cashes in. I think it's going to be between Sami Zayn and KO. I mean, KO is like the most logical way to go like kevin owens with the briefcase is just amazing he's amazing at whatever he does yeah but it's just like are they smart enough to let it happen probably not right. you know worst comes to worst they might just put on alberto del rio which just break our hearts um that would be like um that one guy winning the um sheamus no oh god i was gonna say that sheamus won like it last one year. guy winning intercontinental oh zach Ryder. yeah huge disappointment yeah that's that's equal you you know it, bro. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Zach is is holding it down. I haven't seen Zach since he lost the minutes the next night. I I barely seen him. Yeah, they got him out of here. Yep, and he had the Drake beard for a second. I don't recall that. Oh, he had the dark beard when he won it. He went full Drake because usually he's like cliche. I just really wasn't looking at him. <laughs> um, so that's. The Money in the Bank match that, but a lot of the program on Raw just surfaced around, you know, the Money in the Bank yeah. guys just fighting each other. Um, and then we have the Women's Championship, which now Charlotte and Dana Brooke are together. Right. 
And Dana Brooks always the sidekick to someone. Always. Seems like. Uh, she's overly tan, by the way. Yeah, but I think, like, it's come down a little bit. I think the lighting's just better. Like, Maybe. NXT lighting is just not, like, main roster Maybe. lighting. in the beginning, she, she was, was orange, quite orange. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the blonde hair was really blonde. Yeah, it was that platinum blonde. No, she's toned down a bit, though. Yeah, it's Her a little Her color's bit. balanced out. Maybe it's, like, the natural sun with the tanning bed. <laughs> There's a science to this, I yeah, guess. Maybe. Maybe all it's right. balancing it all out for summer. Well, she's on the road now. Like, she can tan less. I told you they did that good photo shoot yesterday. That was cool. Yeah, it's not not bad. Um, so we have the women's title match. Ric Flair's out of there. No more crying, Ric Flair. Thank I know God. you're going to miss that. Thank God. Uh, you complained quite often about Ric Flair. I did. I, I complained like everybody else did. It was often <laughs> annoying to see him coming out and then just wooing from the this, ringside. It's like what he does in a cartoon. Oh, yeah. He just humps bears and woos. Yeah. The whole time. Remember when he kissed Becky Lynch? Yeah. That was that creepy. That was disgusting. That was old man creepy. Yeah, that was really gross. Um, So, no one cares until Sasha Banks shows back up to take the title. Uh, the women's division is like, yeah. It'd be cool to see Charlotte, Charlotte versus versus Becky. Becky's been doing like really well. So nah, We've seen it, though. Yeah. You know, they, they really don't have much else. Repetitive. What, what are they going to bring back? Uh, Bella? Just, you know. One day. I mean, soon. Yeah, I don't want to see her in the title picture either. Sasha can come back anytime. Yeah, Sasha's starting to wrestle again, but she's not in like the program, which is stupid. Yeah. But maybe that changes. Money in the Bank. Um, Rusev is still the champion. No clue who he's fighting at Money in the Bank. Um, I think they brought back Jack Swagger to like. He's uh, the American. We the people. He had a old yeah, guy. Yeah, it's stupid. Him. He's not good. Um, so that's just making Rusev look extremely strong. Yeah. And Titus O'Neil for a second was like beefing with Rusev like a couple weeks ago. So Rusev is just going to crush people. Yeah. He's until, just going to crush for a while. Yeah. Until they get like, like a legit opponent. No names. What do you call them? Yeah. The jobbers. Jobbers. Yep. And then, uh, hopefully Apollo Crews starts like a, a thing against Rusev. Cause that'd be a good matchup yeah, for him. Yeah, that would be a good match. After Rusev that crushes cool. someone and Apollo does whatever he has to do against Sheamus. Yeah, I could see that. Um, that would be cool. And then that's pretty much what's happening at WWE. It's so like, it's just like a waiting game. But it's what a- about Roman? Roman oh. and Seth. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, what about Roman? Well, Roman Yo, did a Roman. good promo this past week. No, he it was pre-taped. It was better than usual. He's he, getting better. No, he's horrible when he's standing in the ring like, and has to talk. I like the point he was saying it's fight night, it's Vegas. Like, he was getting hype. <laughs> this just proves our point on the show, that women love Roman Reigns regardless of how stupid he sounds. He's getting better. Sure. <laughs> he, he had nowhere to go but up. Um, him and Seth, you know, Seth is just teasing a fight with him at this point. Uh, they're not really going to get in there and showcase what they can do uh, until Money in the Bank. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think the Cena versus AJ Styles match is going to be better. And I don't know how, you know, Rollins is going to look coming off of the injury. He should be fine, though. But now we've seen AJ Styles and Roman Reigns put on some pretty damn good matches. The past two months. So Seth Rollins now has to live up to that same standard AJ Styles set. Win or lose, like, he has to carry Roman Reigns. And they can't be, like, whack. It can't be a bad match. No, I don't think it would be. Seth's ready. Yeah. Well, 
we'll we'll see what what they got going. Um, there's also NXT this week. Yes. NXT Takeover the end. It's not the final one, people. It's not. It's just the name of this pay per view because it's the end for Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. So Finn is looking for his title back. If he wins it, he's not going up to the main roster anytime soon. If he loses, we can see him at any time. SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, SummerSlam, brand split announcement. Maybe he gets drafted into one of the things. Hell, we can see him at Money in the Bank. There's still the mystery seventh slot open. Every new pay-per-view, we think. Can we see Finn? Yeah. I think the seventh slot in Money in the Bank is going to Neville. Oh, God. But if they just leave the seventh slot or mystery, and then his music hits for Money in the Bank, everyone's fucking losing yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll freak out. Yeah, that's... that's All we're that. waiting for is that beat. That's it. Yeah. The heartbeat. The heartbeat, yep. And then Demon Paint. Uh, but I, I still think Joe just wrecks him in this steel cage I match. think so, too. And Joe will go on to face uh, Nakamura. Yes. Oh, that'll be crazy. Yeah, or Austin Aries. Um, we should be getting... Uh, Bobby Roode as well. He's a TNA wrestler. Should be on his way. Um, let's talk about Nakamura and Austin Aries, though. Austin Aries got booed, kind of like the heel. But mm-hmm. him versus Nakamura, I don't give Austin Aries much of a chance. Like, Nakamura's not going to lose. No, Nakamura's going to just keep winning all the way. He's too hot right now. Yeah, he's I'm, the best. Yeah, I have three Nakamura shirts. The other day, uh, Elena from work randomly sent me a picture of her doing Nakamura hands. Yes. <laughs> just I'm at randomly her desk. hitting Nakamura hands at any given time of day. <laughs> I'm sure people at your job think you're a weirdo, but yes. it's all right. We could be weird together. Yes. Um. So Nakamura probably win that. That's my official prediction. That's what you think will happen. Yeah. We both have Samoa He's Joe. He's uh, Oscar versus Nia Jax. Ugh. I think Nia loses. Of course. It's not. It's not. Of in course, a- though. I can see Nia winning. But Nia's always just coming in, throwing people around, and then winning. And she's been doing that with the promos. So I think for the actual match, Asuka will come and, and get her. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be like a submission tap-out thing, kind of like we saw with Bailey. We'll see the chemistry they have. Um, I like Nia Jax's powerbomb. That has to be a permanent finisher. Women just don't do it. Like It's it just a huge pop when she nails that. Um, if Nia wins, though, it sets up a pretty good triple threat between Bailey, Asuka, and Nia, maybe for that SummerSlam weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I think either way it goes, I think we see that triple threat. Or a bailey Oscar rematch if Nia loses and they kind of write her off. But Nia, even if she loses, it's not going to be like a, a weak loss. Like they'll find some way to keep her strong yeah, and make her lose, which would be dope. Um, what else? American Alpha versus The Revival Part Duh. American Alpha. American keep, Alpha. Yeah. yeah. They're going to keep their belt for a while. I'm going opposite. I think the Revival win. They become the first two-time NXT tag champions. Oh, no. Please, no. And American Alpha gets called up during the brand split. Oh. And gets drafted to one of the rosters. So I think this is the end of American Alpha. They gave them the belt, unlike they did with Enzo and Cass. Enzo and Cass never touched the gold. They lost every single title match they were in. Four, I believe. They didn't think they needed the belts to be over. Oh. And... I agree. They didn't need the belts. It would have been dope to see them hold it, but they, they never did. American Alpha got their little run with the mm-hmm. belts. They, you know, Jason Jordan cried, which I'm sure you loved. Uh, 
my girlfriend loves watching the documentaries and like the behind the scenes on people. And that's how she like finds her favorite characters. So we saw like one on Jason Jordan. His brother was in jail or something. DA has two brothers and they, they both are serving like life sentences, right? Yeah, something crazy like that. He's like the only one that's not a... Like legit serious crime. Yeah, like and a weirdo in like his family. American Alpha. Yeah, he's good. So, so, hence she roots for American Alpha. I like uh, She didn't like Seth Rollins the other day either until we watched his documentary. Correct. And now it's like, okay, well, now he's grown I really couldn't stand Seth either. <laughs> but that was a great documentary. Yes. Uh, so I- I'll go with the revival. You take American Alpha. Yep. And that one, uh, no belts changing hands for you. Um, the debut of La Sombra versus the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. And his name's not La Sombra anymore. I guess it's... Uh, I forgot what he... Siang Almas. Is that the guy that we watched yesterday? Yeah. Are those old school matches? Yeah, him versus Nakamura yeah, and stuff. Yeah, he has some pretty crazy moves. Yeah, and he's probably um, just going to get better. I don't like that he takes off the mask, though. It still bothers me. Really? Yeah. Because we watched that documentary on... Uh, Rey, Rey Mysterio. Mi- Rey Mysterio. He said you don't ever take off the mask. You know, Rey Mysterio took off the mask for like a quick second and looked like a weirdo. And then he put it back on. No. Yep. He wrestled without the mask um, for a second. Oh, and it's Andrade seeing Almas. And he doesn't look horrible without the mask. It's not about him. His hair is so looking, feathery. It's, it's not like about the beads. what he looks like, though. It's like you're not supposed to take off the mask. Definitely. Um, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I just think like he should keep the mask on. I guess he's removed it before. Like They have some old school pictures of him. Of him, like, without the mask. Oh, that's weird. He looks like a dancer there. Yeah, he does. I think that's his character in NXT. He looks like like part of Magic Mike. Yes. That'd be a horrible character for him. (laughs) So hopefully they don't go in that direction. Um, One person we don't see on the pay-per-view, to my knowledge, is No Way Jose. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about No Way? You like No Way? Yeah, I like him. His entrance is cool. I think he's going to be like a big star. I haven't really paid attention too much to his wrestling. Though. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's not. Maybe a... he needs a little bit of help, but he's got like, you could tell he's got it. He kind of looks like Fandango to me. Like they his sh- character is very Fandango-ish. And uh, yeah, he just can't wrestle very well yet. Like, um, he's a little bit above the drifter as far as wrestling no. is concerned. And the drifter's pretty bad. The Drifter was injured last you week. You like the Drifter. I love the character. He's a bad wrestler. Terrible. Uh, I can't stand it. But he got injured. He broke his ankle. Oh, man. Yeah, he's out. Um, yeah, so that's NXT TakeOver The End. One thing I didn't share during these predictions is how I think Finn and Small Joe is going to finish. And I think Small Joe is going to dismantle Finn. I think he's going to try to beat him up after the bell. And Finn is going to be saved by Hideo Itami. And Hideo's due to come back. It's been a year since he was injured. People forgot about him. I think it's going to be revealed that Samoa Joe attacked him in the um, parking lot, not Kevin Owens. And Hideo Itami and Samoa Joe is going to be the next program. And we're not going to see uh, Nakamura versus Joe until after TakeOver Brooklyn. 
So that is my prediction. That's quite the prediction. Yes, it is now on wax. If Andreas is here, he'll say, God damn it, Kel. He hates yeah. my wild predictions. But this is coming true. And this is why he's not on this episode. That is pretty crazy. Uh, before I let you get out of here, babe, we're going to end this with our usual pound for pound list. Uh, this week, though, it's going to be a special pound for pound list. It's going to be our bay list. Uh, your five bays in the wrestling world and my five bays in the wrestling world. Everyone already knows who's number one on my list. But uh, I usually started off on the podcast. You listen every week. You know that. But since you are here, ladies first, you can give your bay list. You can go five to one. or No order, right? I have no order. All right. So just list all five in your bay list. Well, I have no order, but then like first and foremost, there's Finn. Okay. So I don't know if that's an order. <laughs> but he was the first guy I loved, and he got me into watching it. So... Finn is number one. I love Finn. Um, a silent Roman Reigns. Okay. Very specific. Yes. Okay, no, non-talking Roman Just Reigns. Just to look at. Um, Jason Jordan. Okay. Maybe a non-crying Jason Jordan. All right. Um, and I have a mix-up between Ricochet and um seth only not like i find seth attractive just because i really like the documentary <laughs> okay so interesting crossfit jesus ricochet and we saw ricochet yeah. live which was amazing so i really like him i'm and pretty sure you would say a silent ricochet I really if you heard him talk he's like mad country I've heard him talk. no no one no one has he's super country what, he doesn't talk very well what promotion does he do um well Primarily, New Japan is where we usually watch him. What um, did we see him in? We saw him at Evolve. Evolve, yeah. He didn't talk at all there. No, no. There was no promo. No, he, he thanked the fans after the match for like welcoming him, but it was like a short like little yeah. promo. He Either way, he was amazing. It was really cool to watch. Is that like a tie? I really... Yeah, you see my... You, don't look at my list. Okay. Well, I thought we were going with five. You obviously have six. I do have six. I mean... Seth, because I like the documentary, Ricochet, because he's amazing and he's kind of good to, he's good to look at too. Um, last, of course, is Shane McMahon. Shane O'Mac. My silver fox bay. Fell in love with him when he walked out, does his little dance. He's just quite handsome. The Shane skip. Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac. It's a he's sex handsome. symbol. Yeah, well, anybody in the McMahon family, you know my obsession with Vince. It's true. So for him to be um, the younger like version of him and just cute, dresses well, he dresses really nice. I Interesting. Like, I like his style. <laughs> Shane O'Mac. All right, my list. Um, Don't judge. It's kind of in order. Uh, number one, easy. Just, you know, like Helga Pataki and Hey Arnold. A bubblegum shrine to Shasha Banks. Yes, of course. Um, she is number one. Yes. On my bay list. Uh, number course. two, uh, JoJo. Um, if you guys, you know, read my stuff on Black Sports Online, you know Rob is like number one in the JoJo fan club, but still she has to be on my bay list. Yeah. So uh, he might hunt me down from this for this. Uh, number three, Nia Jax. Of course. Even though I talked to Pops earlier, he wasn't the biggest fan of her. He called her, She's your 2016. You know, yeah, he called her Spongebob-ish. Wow. Yeah, but it's okay. The box frame and all. Like, listen, everyone doesn't have to have a super big booty. Her face is pretty. She's thick. 
She just got that frame. She's sexy, especially for a Samoan chick. She's, she's sexy. really, she's really sexy. She's really pretty. And her the IG. outfit, okay. WWE really messed her up on. She it. cannot be wearing that NXT outfit. No, it's completely covered. Yeah, it's it's not flattering. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like a corset in the middle. It's all bad. Um, number four, Liv Morgan from NXT. Yes. Uh, always walking Jordans all the time. Yeah. Uh, Jersey, like her whole swag is dope. She's got the hat backwards. She's she's got it. She has to be the next push, by the way, as far as the NXT woman is concerned. Uh, she can pass up Carmella for all no. I care. Um, five, Ashka. What? Rounding out the list. Yes, Ashka's like sneaky Asian bae. What? Ashka's sexy. Like she wears the she has this like the thong like me. in the costume this too. Is shocking. Ashka, really? and then she has like that menacing like smoking like get out of here smoldering look that she gives. Ashka is I'm, it. I'm shocked. Low key, right now. and she has some flexibility. You gotta yeah. have like a, like the kicks. Really good grappling moves. It's not bad. I can see the appeal in Ashka. So Ashka's five, and Ashka sneaks in because Eden Styles left. Yeah. When uh. Still, I'm still in shock. When Cody. That's Rhodes kind of left. odd. Yeah, but Ashka, Ashka's five. I mean, I, all right. I mean. Whatever does it for you. Yeah, I mean, I left you know some. Favorable people off the list. I don't like Naomi that much. Um, yeah, Stephanie McMahon didn't make my list, which most people would have Stephanie high on the list. Uh, you had Shane yeah. O'Mac. It'd be like the counter to your Shane O'Mac. People love Stephanie. Correct. She's like the cougar. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Nah, Stephanie Steph- could be on my list, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the Bellas. She's McMahon. Yep, I, I don't like the Bellas. Uh, yeah, Charlotte's not doing it for me. Becky yes. Lynch was close. But no. Yeah, I would have pictured Becky Lynch before that. Nah, Ashka's sneaky. She creep up on you. No one picks Paige. Paige is a little too pale. And for my liking. Yeah, no. And she screeches. Like the whole "This is my house." It's not for me. So uh, that's my list. All right. Our Bay list uh, has come to an end. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode with my wild and crazy family. Um, it was dope. You know, Andreas was on vacation. A lot of stuff happened, but I just want to try something different. I want to give you guys something different, kind of a insight into my daily life and the people around me. I feel like on the podcast, you know, our, our job is for you guys to get to know us better. You get to read our writing and all that stuff and see our tweets all week. We have to give you something different. So today you experienced something different about me. You found out about the people closest to me. Um, you know, what kind of shapes my thought process and kind of get their insight on the stuff that I do for a living, which was pretty cool. Um, next week, Andreas will be back from his vacation in Hawaii. Uh, I'll still be on vacation in New York and doing some work and stuff while I'm out there, but we'll make sure that we Skype and bring a together episode for you guys. Um, no more brand split for us. We're going to have to hit the summer running. Uh, a lot of stuff this summer, UFC 200 with Brock Lesnar, uh, which we'll get more in-depth on. Uh, the CM Punk debut news at UFC 202. Uh, Connor, Nate, too. We'll, we'll get more in-depth and bring you you know, the normal style show next week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Also, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing our fan appreciation episode once again. So make sure you guys hit us up at the corner LSN on Twitter um, and Instagram. You can email us. Uh, at the it's the corner pod at gmail.com for the email. You can hit us up individually. I'm at Kel Dansby on all social media. He's at Andreas Hale. 
hit us up, DM us, message us, uh, just tweet us if you want to be a part of that fan appreciation episode. Last time we had three people on the show. We'll probably cut the segments down to 15 minutes apiece, and we'll bring on four people this time. We'll extend the episode probably an hour and a half. We want four. If we can fit five, we'll get five. We'll put out a two-hour episode, um, depending on how many people want to be on the show and just sit down and talk combat sports and hip-hop with us. Once again, this show is for you guys, so we want you to be a part of it. We want to talk to you. So hit us up. Let us know. Um, I, my goal is to bring that to you at the end of June, before UFC 200 week. So make sure you guys get that in. Let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know that you want to be on the show. We'll choose those five people again. We'll find a dope little way to choose you guys. And uh, until next week, though, I'm out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.